the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick this afternoon while he had, takes a little time off to get some things done. Uh, you are listening to 101.1 The Answer. And uh, this afternoon, we're going to have a, uh, a myriad of guests and some great topics to talk about. Um, at the uh, uh, the 3 o'clock hour, we're going to have Susan Altrui from the Little Rock Zoo, and she's going to let us know what's what's new at the zoo and talk about uh, everything that's going on there. Um, at the uh, uh, 4 o'clock hour, we'll have Joe and Duck from Bumper to Bumper in uh, to do their normal segment on uh, Wednesday afternoon, talk about everything auto. And uh, the last and final hour this afternoon, we're going to have the gridiron experts and um uh inside the hog pen guys uh, to talk a little bit about sports but uh, for right now our first hour we are going to talk some serious stuff we're going to talk flood and, and flood insurance i have with me today aj gary from the arkansas department of emergency management uh adam for short and uh, uh to his right we've got uh ben chapakoff that's pretty close. That's pretty not close. Bad. Not bad. Yeah, it's it's got bad. thirty-seven I've letters. Heard worse. Got thirty-seven letters and fifteen <laughs> syllables in it. So uh, Ben is from uh, Argenia Insurance and is uh, representing them this afternoon. Uh, we've got the representative from from the Department of Emergency Management here. We're going to set the stage a little bit about uh, flood insurance and spring flooding, and uh, then Ben's going to tell us what to do about it. So uh, AJ, what? Uh, what's been going on in arkansas up to this point we've got we've had some several uh, several floodings already uh, we have and uh nationwide flooding is one of the uh major uh disasters that impact our, our communities this is across the nation and that's certainly true in arkansas it's it's one of our most common um disaster events that we have um and just kind of uh Kind of a, a thing that we've been looking at as as we have these disasters of that, and trying to trying to look at data from it is, um, you know, looking at the number of homes, uh, the number of residences that are covered in insurance that have insurance coverage, right? Um, and and as a part of that, how many of those have flood insurance? So, um, and we we actually you know ran across some pretty interesting numbers, and and just to give you an idea, looking at the last four. Uh, federally declared disasters that we've had in Arkansas, um, the percentage of the residences that were had insurance was very low. You know, one example in the uh, um, 2017 event, uh, June of 2017, we had 827 residences that were impacted. Uh, almost nine percent had insurance, so we're wow. not just not just flood insurance, wow. but total insurance. So Real insurance of any kind, insurance of any kind. So um, kind of looking at that, and and how's think, that possible? Thinking of, of of ways that we can, you know, try to get the word out to you know help our communities, help our citizens right. be um, be aware of the need for that, and uh, you know, especially as it comes to flooding. 
because um, there's a lot of confusion. Um, when we started looking at it and I started asking questions about insurance, about flood insurance, um, I had a little tough time getting the answers that, you know, really clear answers. So right. I knew if we were having that problem, the citizens are probably having that, that issue too. Or worse. Or worse. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, which led us, uh, Alan, uh, to contact you uh, or the insurance commission, right? And uh, to kind of visit with them and and see, you know, what we can do to kind of change that, right? You know, mindset a little bit. Full disclosure: I'm on my day job. I'm the Arkansas Insurance Commissioner. I probably <laughs> failed to, <laughs> to mention that, but uh, yeah, AJ and I have been talking about trying to get the word out and trying to get folks to be more aware of the need of flood insurance. Um, a lot of people think it's it's um, hard to get. A lot of people think it's it's way too expensive. Um, I mean, it, it's all relative, of course. Um, it's, it's not near as expensive as trying to uh, dry out your house and, and uh, replace sheetrock and, and flooring and whatnot. But, um, you know, and, and our statistics are similar to that. We, we have... Um, uh, stats across the state. We got very little premium in Arkansas uh, attributed to flood and flood insurance. Um, you know, a lot of people think the the the, the mindset out there is um, if I don't have flood insurance, well, um, uh, FEMA will come in and 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 give me money to to make me whole or or to fix my house. Is that true? Uh, no, it's it's not. That seems to be a a, a perception that. And I think it, it stems from, uh, you know, uh, FEMA comes in after a disaster, and there's a lot of money spent in that community. Um, so I think maybe some people think, well, that, that money's going to individuals, and that maybe they're, they're better off if they don't buy insurance, and, and if they have a disaster or a flood, then, then they're going to get money to be made whole. And, and right. that's simply not the fact. Um, very little bit will, will go to, to the uninsured homeowner. And it, it's basically enough to kind of get them through a few days or maybe a few weeks. But but overall, it's not going to bring their home back to hope. Right. Um, what percentage would you say that they could get from FEMA if something like this happens? You know, I've, I've heard some some different numbers, but they're in the three to five thousand dollar yeah. range yeah. per home. So that's, that's not going to buy, buy carpet. That's the, you know, that's not yeah. going to do uh, what people are going to need. I can say for a fact because I just bought carpet. It's it's, <laughs> it's not going to cover yeah. flooring or, or anything. Yeah. Um, you know, and and let's for the moment let's uh, before we get into Ben here, uh, uh, describe to people what is flood and uh, it quite put quite simply, it's uh, water that hits the ground before it comes in your house. Okay. Right. If if it comes from inside your house, your homeowner's insurance will cover it as water damage. <clears throat> if your uh, um, if it comes from uh, from the sky and hits your roof and comes inside the house because you got roof damage, that's water damage as well uh, under your homeowner's policy. But we describe flood insurance water as anything that hits the ground before it creeps into your house. So if it's coming in around your foundation, if it's uh, um, coming in the back door, um, if it's soaking up through the uh, concrete slab, People don't realize that that if the water's if your the ground is soaked or saturated long enough, it starts bleeding up through the concrete slab because concrete is is porous. It's going to come back up and it gets up underneath your uh, your your flooring, your wood flooring, your carpet. And it molds and and you've got lots of problems. Right. Yeah. You know, and along those lines, if uh, 
you know, people can find out if they if they live in a in a floodplain area. You know, they can find that information out. Um, but I heard a great comment the other day at one of the national meetings we were at when we were talking about this. Um, somebody made the comment, well, you know, Mother Nature doesn't always follow the floodplain. Right. And that's true. That's absolutely uh, they true. May not, their house may not be in a floodplain. However, they can still be impacted by a flood. Right. And Let me ask you this. You mentioned that flood event that you talked about, and you gave the statistics of, um, what was it, 900 um, uh, addresses or homeowners that, that – uh, were impacted and and very few of them actually had flood insurance what uh, how what a number of those were actually in the hundred year floodplain yeah so I, I don't have that information specific as okay. far as flooding uh, this was this particular event that that I mentioned was uh, two thousand seventeen it was severe storm so there, right. there was a little bit of everything straight line winds some tornadoes right. and also some some flooding so um and then that number again was was any insured. So um, it it really kind of depends on the community right. that are in the floodplain, but we have seen some areas that are you know in the floodplain, obviously right. in a floodplain, um, where a good number of the people living there did not have flood insurance. Right. Um, you know, well, you know, people. They, well, how do I know I'm in a floodplain? Well, if the levee is higher than the roof of your house, you might be in a floodplain. <laughs> You know, <laughs> we've yeah. seen, I've sure. seen some of those folks. We didn't know we were in the floodplain. Well, there's a levee over here across the street. Uh, you might have had some indication there. Right. Um, you know, and the thing about it is everybody thinks, well, if I'm not in a floodplain, um, I don't have to buy flood insurance, have to buy flood insurance. Nothing will happen. And a lot of times, unfortunately, and, and forgive me for the real estate community out there, real estate agents will, will tell them, well, the bank's not making you buy flood insurance, therefore you don't have to have it. Right. Okay. And that makes people think that there's no danger of flooding in their house, which uh, is absolutely wrong. Right. Um, a real estate agent can never tell you whether a house is going to flood or not. I've seen houses flood that are on the side of a hill. Right. And uh, um, well, have severe damage. Right. Uh, so – and. A lot of folks think, well, if I if if um, I'm not in a floodplain, I can't get flood insurance. Right. We we have heard that, and uh, um, that's one of those things that there's there's some misinformation. Yeah, yes. um, that, that it's not really clear. So right. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> if your house is not in a floodplain, what that means is the flood insurance is less expensive. It's a lot cheaper. It's a preferred rate rather than a high risk rate. That's the only difference. Right. Good point. And and there are some resources out there that, you know, we kind of go into a little bit later, but where people can go on their own and see if they're if they're in a floodplain or not. Right. Um, and and actually look at, at the maps. But one thing to remember when they look at those is those could be a few years old. Yeah. So there's um, there's development that has taken place over over the years. So streets have been put in, uh, parking lots have been put in, um, and other you know construction right. and development that can have an impact on that water level. So a, a, a block that had never flooded before, right now all of a sudden is flooding, and, well, and people are being caught off guard with it. It's exactly right. I mean, somebody build somebody fills up a hole up the street. That means that water's coming down to your house. Uh, we're going to have to take a break here just real quick and, and make some money. When we come back, we'll ask uh, Ben to talk about what to do about uh, uh, your house if, if you think you may be in a, a flood situation. This is 101.1, The Answer. 
Good afternoon. This is Alan Kerr filling in for uh, Dave Ellswick and on the Dave Ellswick Show, uh, 101.1 The Answer. Uh, with us this afternoon, we have uh, A.J. Gary from the Arkansas Department of Emergency Management. And uh, with us uh, also in the studio is Dave, uh, Ben Chopikoff. Oh, it was better the first time. Was it? I'm sorry. I'm going to butcher his name every time I say it. We're just going to call him Ben, the flood guy. And uh, <laughs> um, we, the first uh, quarter hour, we talked about uh, the the situation with flooding and um, what happens um, uh, in several areas of Arkansas that, that they don't have a lot of flood insurance and, and no way to mitigate the um, the damage done to the homes and property. Um, ben is here. He is um, an agent with um, Argenia Insurance, um, actually a broker mm-hmm. who uh, mm-hmm. provides insurance uh, contracts with uh, other agents around the state that uh, have access to their products. And Ben, what? Um, who is the underwriter for your flood insurance program? Uh, our flood insurance program is uh, what's called a private flood program. Right. Uh, and it's and that's different by, from NFIP because the National Flood Insurance Program is uh, a federal program. Absolutely. Yours is private. Absolutely. Right. And uh, ours is backed by Lloyd's of London. And if you're not... I've heard of them. Yeah, you have. Yeah. yeah they're just across the pond a few yeah. miles. Little um, little shop over there. Just a little shop. You know, been around since the late 1600s. Um, so... <laughs> They've been around a little bit, uh, but yeah, very, very fortunate to have them back in our program. Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. So um, when you say private program, what's the advantages of a private insurance policy? Well, uh, there's multiple things. Um, and first of all, Commissioner, let me just back up and just tell you how fortunate and grateful I am just on behalf of myself and Argenia just for the opportunity of being here. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's an honor. So thank you for that. Um uh, there's several advantages um, uh, on a lot of different uh, cases, uh, and just speaking on behalf of our program, um, being backed by Lloyd's of London or the private market uh, provides a little bit more flexibility. Uh, I would think that we're not as restricted uh, or confined um, with coverages. Um, so in a lot of uh, different ways, uh, our policy can offer higher limits than that of the right. NFIP, uh, more comprehensive coverage. Right. Um, and probably most importantly, although I know not, not many consumers or homeowners like to save on their insurance premiums very often. I can't think of rare. one that doesn't. <laughs> I can't, exactly. Um, but uh, not every single time, but in a lot of cases we've seen our policy has saved consumers and homeowners up to 50% right. uh, on their insurance premiums. Um, and the reason for that, I think that our uh, technology uh, from in, in London is uh, possibly a little bit more accurate than what we've seen through the NFIP, and not to condescend or degrade the, the more NFIP accurate than the than the Corps of Engineer flood maps. Are you kidding me? It's it's tough it's tough to swallow, but quite possibly, <laughs> quite possibly. Um, and then and that's on the consumer standpoint. From an insurance agent standpoint, which you alluded to, uh, our customers yeah. and clients are insurance agents. Um, I think that uh, the program and product itself uh, is a lot simpler to use, uh, to quote. Uh, You don't have to be a flood expert or understand everything there is to know about flood insurance to get a good understanding and grasp of Arginia's flood program. Right. Um, So just from an accessible standpoint for the insurance agent, uh, that's great news, great news. Um, And just along those same lines, What's probably been most exciting thus far in offering this program is just the fact that we've got retail agents out there that 
been in the business 10 to 15 years, uh, have never utilized flood, never pursued it, never right. wanted to offer it because they didn't want to mess with it. Too time consuming, too difficult. Now we're getting those agents that are utilizing our right. program just because of the simplicity factor. Well, I mean, yeah, as in my decades of experience as an insurance agent, I can tell you that an NFIP policy is probably one of the most complicated things to write. And you never get it right the first time. You send it in, they send it back, and there's always some questions and things. But um, it, it is very, very cumbersome because it's a federal program. And with all federal programs, it's there's a lot of uh, clunky is probably mm-hmm. the best word to say, to call it. With your program, um, what do you got? Like a form with two sheets, of two, <coughs> two, two pages on it and um, – you know, payment information, off you go. Exactly. That's yeah. about exactly what it is. It's a lot easier than spelling my last name. I can tell you that much. Most things are easier than spelling your last name. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know, it's uh, a lot of agents haven't been offering it. Now, I hate mm-hmm. to say that, but but and, and they should be offering it on every single homeowner's policy. And, and all of you out there that are listening, you need to be offering this on every single homeowner's policy. That's coming from the insurance commissioner. But... Um, uh, you know, it, it, they weren't getting paid a lot on them, and it's a lot of time and trouble to do it. And and uh, they were just scared of it, to be yeah. honest with yeah. you. Absolutely. And with your program, it's easy to write, easy to issue, and easy to get insured. Um, so I, I can't imagine anyone uh, that would write a auto, I mean, a homeowner's policy and not offer flood insurance as easy as it is to write with you guys. Absolutely. And this is such a critical time for flood insurance. Um, I I think we're at a critical time as insurance agents and as uh, the insurance industry because flood insurance isn't going away. I mean, we've seen the issues in surrounding states. And I know this has uh, been talked about uh, already on this show, but the most common misconception of a homeowner is that flood insurance is covered in their their policy. That along with the fact that just because you're not in a zone where the bank requires the insurance, that your property is not going to flood. Um, and I think this was brought up earlier, but, uh, you know, the, the data and research suggests that in these last storms over the past couple of years, they estimate that less than 20% of homeowners had flood insurance in these devastating areas, which tells me they were in areas where the bank doesn't require it. So. Right. Not to generalize, uh, but unless you're sitting on top of a bluff or on top of a mountain, you're at risk of flooding. Um, and the positive thing to our program that we're offering is just the fact that we can offer it in all flood zones. Um, and we can also offer it very affordably in flood zones and in non-flood zones. Right. So uh, it's a great opportunity for the insurance industry uh, just because there is a big movement with the private flood market. Uh, but it's also um, a, a, a critical time for us as agents and professionals to talk to our customers and our consumers about flood insurance. Absolutely. Because uh, we've also got our own errors and omissions E&O uh, on the line as well, as, as you yes. can. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as, believe me, I know. I see you. <laughs> um, so it's an uh, it's a, it's a exciting time, um, and um, uh, it's also just a time that we – uh, try our best to, to take care of our homeowners and our customers okay. out there. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Well, you know, it's it's uh, uh, it's a problem, and it's a very scary problem for a lot of people. But the uh, upside is that, that there is a solution to it if, if people would uh, 
uh, if homeowners would would uh, just uh, utilize it. And the difference between in in the floodplain is and outside the floodplain is uh, the premium. I mean, you're the, the if you're outside the floodplain, um, your premium is is so much less expensive. You're considered a preferred rate rather than a high risk. Bottom line, if if I'm in an area where um, uh, I'm likely to flood. Obviously, that rate's going to be higher. Mm-hmm. But if I'm outside the, that flood that flood zone, um, it means that um, um, my rate's going to be less expensive because the risk is so much lower. But on that off chance that uh, um, you do have a flooding event uh, and you you've got that policy, um, you'll be one of the other, one of the few people on the block that's got it. Unfortunately, that's right. that's right. And uh, all right. Well, we're going to we're going to uh, tie this up uh, just briefly and uh, go to a hard break. We've got to make some money. So uh, we got 35 seconds. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. That thir- longest 35 seconds in the world is, you know, when you're watching the microwave or waiting for the uh, the Polaroid to to dry out. So I just dated myself. Yes. Oh, Polaroid. Right. That is dating yourself, Commissioner. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll uh, we'll be right back after this uh, message from uh, Fox News. And, uh, <laughs> and okay, he's wanting me to wrap it up. Uh, Fox News and, and uh, our advertisers. We're at 101.1, The Answer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is 101.1, The Answer and uh, Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Alan Kerr, and I'm filling in for Dave this afternoon while he gets some uh, some things done. Uh, I have with me in studio A.J. Gary from uh, Arkansas Department of Emergency Management and uh, Ben Chapakoff. Beautiful. Close enough. Beautiful. Uh, with uh, Argenia Insurance, we're talking flood insurance. want to let you know that uh, coming up in the uh, the next hour, we'll have Susan Altrui with us from the Little Rock Zoo. We're going to find out what's new at the zoo. And uh, after that, uh, the next hour, we'll have Joe and Duck from Bumper to Bumper. We're going to talk car parts and cars and and uh, all the things uh, automotive. Last hour, we're going to have uh, Zach Kerr and um, Alex and Carter Galbraith in. To, uh, these guys are the gridiron experts. And inside the hall pen, we're going to talk some sports. Um, I have nothing. I know nothing about sports, so that's why I have to have three people in here to to, to help carry the conversation. But right now we're talking uh, talking flood insurance. We just heard from Ben and and uh, what Argenia is doing to try to help uh, the problem with um, not enough people having flood insurance. Right now, I want to ask AJ, uh, Arkansas Department of Emergency Management, what do you guys do? There's a flooding event or an emergency event, a tornado, whatever. And uh, I was just mentioning to to, uh, to Ben here that these guys have an office that looks like NASA Launch Central because they've it's in ground. It's got nothing but video screens on the walls. You got people with computers uh, out front. I mean, this is this is emergency management central, and and these guys really do a great job. Tell us what you do. You get sure. notified of a, of an event. What do you do? So we, uh, you know, probably the best way I can kind of explain what Adam does is think of a large umbrella and and the prongs go out and we touch a bunch of different things, all the state agencies, uh, local, county level. So when we have a a storm coming in and we know it's coming in, um, 
We start working with the National Weather Service. We'll uh, set up a conference call. So we're reaching out to our, our counterparts in the county, our, our county uh, emergency managers, our county judges, because a disaster is local. They're going to be the first ones on the scene to have to, to deal with it. So we start even before the event happens, start start working with them. Um, if we if we through the National Weather Service looks like it's going to be a large event, mm-hmm. we will go ahead and stand up the emergency operations center. So we'll hold our our, our uh, uh, staff over and uh, we'll man the phones and start uh, immediately communicating with those counties. So if uh, if if the flooding hits. Then, then we're working on what resources the local county judge, county uh, emergency manager might need. Uh, flooding's a little bit different than than tornadoes, of course. A tornado right. hits within minutes of it going by. You know what the damage is. Right. On a flood, it takes a while. Sometimes you have to wait for the water to go down to see what impact that right. flood, how many houses were affected. So at that point, we're working with the locals. We actually have... Uh, our area coordinators will go out with them and start doing uh, damage assessments on the area. Um, and what we're looking is to, to see what impact it was. Um, if it meets uh, a, 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 the county's threshold, it can open up disaster state disaster funds, um, which Arkansas is, is very fortunate. We're one of a few states in the nation that has a state disaster fund. So we're, we're, we're very happy with that. So we're able to, to, to quickly help out. If that damage is large, right. then we can uh, request federal assistance, and that's through a presidential declaration. And that's uh, when the governor declares uh, certain areas disasters, and he sends that up to Washington to to uh, to to start that process. That's correct, and then we will we will coordinate with FEMA on on that part of it, um, and and we'll, we will work. We have, uh, of course, in addition to our response, because we're going to be sending resources once a. Uh, once the governor declares, we're going to be sending right. you know resources in, and uh, and opening up funding to help that out. And then we have what's called public assistance program. So that that goes into uh, roads, bridges, the infrastructure that's that's owned by government. On that's assistance for them to try to build that back. And then our other program is individual assistance, and mm-hmm. that's for the homeowners and that. And uh, so we'll we'll kind of work those programs, but you know to, to you know we're we're all about building a, a culture of preparedness. So we're working with our, our county judges, our local emergency managers, way before an event happens. We work with them throughout the year right. to to make sure that that in the state that we're prepared for something that happened. We're we're currently uh, uh, was out there this morning, but, but today and tomorrow we're working on the new Madrid plan. So what happens if we have a new Madrid type event? And I know it gets a little away right. from flooding, but it's all how we handle a disaster. Excuse me, how we handle a disaster. Yeah, and it, it's preparing that community beforehand. So um, I can see preparing for a flood. I can see preparing for tornadoes. Um, is there really much preparedness you can do for for an earthquake? Or uh... well, great question, and and there is, and and the way we look at it is an all hazard approach, yeah. because no matter what the size of the hazard is, if if we're approaching it in the same manner, we're coordinating the assets, where the the resources that are going in, we're doing it all the yeah. same. If we plan for a large event, we're you know we we can handle any size event. Um, but yes, on an earthquake again, it goes back to building that culture of preparedness in our communities. Right. Um, if we keep that on on people's minds that you know 
people need to be asking or citizens need to be asking themselves, can I sustain myself for three days if all uh, services are cut right. off? We, we've seen it. We've seen it in Puerto Rico. You know what right. happens if we have a new Madrid type event? We're basically creating an island, a part of the state of Arkansas, right. because it could be impossible through you know because you can't drive over bridges. Right. So we have to work a plan on how are we going to get resources in? How are we going to get medical attention in? How are we going to get injured people out? So right. it is a huge undertaking. You, you and never, there's a lot of lot of different uh, agencies federal right. and state and local that are involved in that yeah well the insurance department does as well we've got a a consumer services division and a, a risk division which uh we join in with that effort you really don't realize how many bridges there are in arkansas until they're all gone yeah. <laughs> and uh and you can't get across them well just briefly ben tell us uh let, let's say we we have a flooding event and i've got a flood policy with with uh with you guys what do i do well, the first things we'll do is uh, contact your local insurance agent right. um, and just uh, provide them with the information, uh, let them know the situation, what's going on. Uh, and uh, in turn, the insurance agent uh, will most likely get in contact with us or we've got uh, extremely accessible um, claims forms that are handled on our website that the agent has access to um, and then they gather the information send it in and then we immediately notify our adjusters um, and the positive um, thing on that is especially when you're talking about devastating events such as uh, flood and an earthquake which we also uh, ride a lot of earthquake along the new Madrid fault um, you know as we, as you know commissioner we have right. the we're part of the market assistance program um, We've got a certain amount of adjusters in a given area that can respond uh, very proactively and responsively to devastating events. And so we will contact our adjusters. Uh, the adjusters, hopefully, um, will contact the insureds uh, within a 24-hour period of time um, and go out there and adjust and, and handle the situation. Okay, good deal. Yeah. Well, also, if, if, um, if anybody who, you know, if their services are cut out or, or whatever the case may be, they can also call the insurance department. We are also um, in contact with all the insurance companies, all of the uh, agency force and brokers, and uh, uh, they can contact us if they're having uh, issues with, with their, their adjusters or their agents or any, any and all of the above, the insurance company. Uh, they don't know how to read their policy. Uh, we've got a consumer services division at the insurance department that will will certainly take care of that. Um, you know what? This is going to be a good spot. We're going to um, take a brief break, try to make some money here, and uh, uh, we'll be right back and wrap this up. I want you guys to be able to uh, give them some, uh, some website addresses and some contact information to how they get in touch with you. And... Um, uh, we'll do that right after we get back. This is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick at 101.1 The Answer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick this afternoon while Dave's getting a few things done. Uh, we're here with uh, uh, A.J. Gary, uh, Arkansas Department of Emergency Management, here with uh, Ben Chupakoff. Any better? You know, the the second time was great. Really? I, I feel like we may be going backwards. We may be going backwards. Maybe well, going backwards. sorry. It's okay. Uh, ling, ling, linguistics is not my, my thing, <laughs> especially Russian. <laughs> my goodness. You got a Russian name. Uh, and no, ladies and gentlemen, he had nothing to do with the president getting elected. Um, well, was it bad that I was 12 years old before I learned how to spell it? 
Uh, no, that's quite understandable. Is it? Okay. Uh, I didn't know if, that if was you're in the United States, that's yeah. quite understandable. <laughs> uh, ben is with the Argentine Insurance uh, Company uh, brokerage, and uh, we're here talking this afternoon everything emergency management and flood insurance specifically. Um, gentlemen, before we get too far into it, I want you to kind of let people know how to get in touch with you, where they can get information. And uh, AJ, if you'll jump in there and, and sure. give them information on your agency. All right. Um, a couple of places. Once we're talking about flood and the National Flood Insurance Program, uh, FEMA.gov is a good resource for you. You can go there. You can actually plug in your address, and it will it will show the map of, of uh, <clears throat> your area and show if that what floodplain you're in. So really? that's that's some good information to have. There's also a lot of information on there about flood insurance, so you can kind of read that, and, and it's got some questions and stuff. So that's a great resource. And of course, adam.arkansas.gov. You can go go to our website, and that's a d e m a d e m dot arkansas.gov, and uh, you can go there. And there's a lot of uh, links from there that can take you to uh, uh, some other information about uh, disasters in in general and and how to better prepare for that. Okay, good deal. Ben, how do we get in touch with you, you and your organization? Well, uh, the way that we're set up as a, as a wholesale general agency, um, the agents have got the direct access to our website. So two things. The first, for the consumer, um, we'd love for you to call your local insurance agency uh, and let them know that you'd love to get an Arginia flood quote. Um, and uh, if you're the agent... Um, you can hop onto our website. Our website is www.arginia.com, uh, or you can call us at 1-800-482-5968. Um, and I will be uh, extremely surprised if it takes you longer than two or three minutes to get a flood quote on our website. Wow, that's awesome. I have, I have had reports that, that your products are extremely easy to, to, to write and to issue. So there's really no excuse for every agent out there uh, writing insurance on homeowners' policies and homeowners and buildings to not offer, at least offer, a a flood insurance policy with every homeowner sold. Um, That homeowner should have the opportunity to either uh, accept or reject that coverage. And, um, um, again, you do not have to be in a floodplain to be in danger of flooding. Uh, that's been proven over and over again. You see these pictures on on TV where it's Louisiana, uh, whether it's um, um, uh, you know any any of these areas where have an entire town under uh, flood water. Um, you know, you you uh, uh, obviously every bit of that town was not in a floodplain. So um, uh, that's right. having flood insurance, you need to be one of the lucky few to have a flood insurance policy when that happens. AJ is uh, um, uh, you've given your information. Is is there anything else you need to you tell the the audience? Well, I mean, we appreciate the opportunity to be here and and to kind of talk about in in general, um, you know, ways that uh, you know citizens can can help themselves. And again, going back to to wanting us to build a culture of preparedness so that people are prepared right. for when events happen. And, and everybody's going to be facing something, whether it's a flood, it's a tornado, some event like that's going to, going to impact their community. So the, right. the better that we can have communities prepared to handle that, the better it's going to be on all of us. So Absolutely. I, I appreciate the opportunity, and, and it was good. It was good for me to learn a little bit about the insurance because, like I said, there's a lot of 
misinformation and uh, um, you know a lot of people have questions about that and not really sure where to get those answers so i, right. I think it was this was great and, and i appreciate that opportunity absolutely well um let's let's talk a little bit about rates for just a minute um can you tell me uh roughly a hundred thousand dollars worth of coverage in um a a particular area um, we're not going to give a specific area, but but what is what is uh, flood insurance run for maybe a hundred thousand dollar house outside of a floodplain? Yeah, that's a great question, um, and I'll have to generalize a little bit just okay. because there's so many variables that go yeah. into um, to quoting a flood uh, policy. But um, it's not a stretch to say that we have quoted a lot of policies around the hundred thousand uh, right. range in coverage uh, at around two hundred fifty to three hundred dollars. Um, and that is outside the floodplain. So yeah. in a uh, that's twenty bucks a month. Twenty bucks a month. Um, but we've also quoted those same couple cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah, couple cheeseburgers. Yeah. Um, maybe not a double cheeseburger, but at least a single. Wow, cheeseburgers have really gone up, haven't they? They have. Yeah, they have. So flood insurance is cheaper than a cheeseburger. It could every be. Month. <laughs> it could be. It could. That's a great way to look at it. It's a great way to look yeah, at it. Yeah. Um, but we've also seen uh, coverages from the two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollar range uh, right. as well, which is a good size home. Um, at around those same prices, three to four hundred dollars. Um, so. Well, but you know, if I've got if I've got a three hundred thousand dollar house, do I have to have three hundred thousand dollars with the flood insurance? Uh, you don't have to, uh, but if you want to be adequately and right. properly covered, then I would encourage you to have uh, that amount of coverage. Well, but if I'm looking at this and I'm outside the floodplain mm-hmm. and I got a three hundred thousand dollar house, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, you know, the guys just offered me insurance on, on flood insurance, and you know what? I, instead of not having any at all, um, it's a two story house. Uh, surely both stories won't get flooded. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a hundred. $120,000 worth of coverage, and that way I keep my, my costs down. And uh, uh, and by the way, when the bank doesn't make you buy a flood policy, that flood insurance is not included in your house payment, which I like. I can pay it separate from my house payment. There's something about you know the mindset of going to increase my house payment. Um, if it's not required by the bank, then you you pay for that outside your your house payment and you've got control of that you can increase the coverage you can lower the coverage those kind of things mm-hmm. if you've got a loan on your house for say 300,000 and the bank requires you to have flood insurance guess what you got to have $300,000 worth of flood insurance and right. that is going to be part of your house payment so um you know it, it's so much easier to have this that little bit extra bit of coverage it's it's like um I'm gonna. It, it's really about the same cost as, or, or right at the same cost as, is adding a jewelry floater to mm-hmm. your homeowner's policy, depending right. on the amount of jewelry you got. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, any any an extra twenty bucks a month, extra thirty dollars a month is very very little. And um, I, you know, uh, I pay more on my cell phone bill for you know certain functions than i do for i would for a flood policy protecting your value protecting the value mm-hmm. that's right and there's really right. nothing more important than that so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um thank you guys for for being here today um thank you. we got about three minutes left Are you guys gonna have anything that you wear i can fill three minutes with well aj i've got a question on uh we talk about you know insurance yeah. in general um i have heard that uh that this sometimes occurs that that people get their house paid off and you know their insurance is in with their house payment, 
So they get their house paid off, and they haven't had a, a, a flood. They haven't had any other kind of event. And so they, they think they drop the insurance. Um, have, have you seen that? Um, a little bit. Yeah, we have a little bit. Um, I think it just goes back to, as we've mentioned, just protecting your house and your valuables, but also just as consumers and homeowners, just getting over there's a hurdle in the misconception of not needing insurance. And and we all uh, we all want to have uh, you know uh, a, a good amount of insurance for as, as uh, at least a price as possible, right. uh, but. That's not the same thinking when we have a loss. So when there's a loss, we want to be protected fully. Right. Um, and especially regarding flood insurance, um, it's just getting over that misconception that flood uh, a flood won't happen to my property because it's not being required. And so I think that we just have to kind of raise the awareness in the communities um, that a flood uh, um, event could happen. Um, and then always just trying to take... Uh, care of your home and your property and your valuables um, uh, uh, as much as we can. If you got a good flood ins- or you got a good insurance agent taking care of your account, he's going to offer it to you and and make sure you don't cancel it when you pay your house off. Because what you got to do, you got to call your insurance agent and take that that uh, that mortgage company off your homeowner's policy. Right. So that's his his job to um, to make sure that he gets that off of there and, and keeps your insurance, advises you correctly. Uh, of what coverages you should have yeah. well guys thank you this afternoon this is uh this has been great it's been a lot of fun We're talking about flood insurance and emergency management and uh again uh this is aj gary from uh adam arkansas department of emergency management uh we got uh, ben chapakoff over here with uh Arginia insurance and uh, guys it's been really great for you to come in this afternoon thanks for taking the time thank you this is alan kerr uh, filling in for dave ellswick on 101.1 the answer We'll be right back after these messages. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick this afternoon. Dave's off uh, taking care of some business, and uh, I'm filling in for him this afternoon. Uh, We've got a pretty good show set up for you this afternoon. We've got uh, in the 4 o'clock hour, we're going to have Joe and Duck from bumper to bumper here. We're going to talk about things, uh, everything automotive. Uh, we're going to talk about auto parts and and uh, autos in general. Probably take some phone calls and and uh, answer some of your questions. Uh, in the five o'clock hour, uh, we're going to have some young men here to talk about sports. Going to have Alex and Carter Galbraith uh, from the Gridiron Experts, and then Zach Kerr inside the Hog Pen is uh, his um, uh, his uh, YouTube show, I guess. Okay. Okay, so um, uh, and we're we're, our our three o'clock hour kind of got delayed. We're waiting on her. It's going to be Susan Altrui from uh, she's the director of the Little Rock Zoo. And uh, she's going to talk to us about what's going on at the zoo and all the great things they got coming in. But uh, while we're waiting on Susan, um, Zach, you uh, you're you're a sports guy, right? I love sports. Okay, well, let me let me uh, give you some information here and run some. uh, (laughs) <laughs> some hist- history by you <clears throat> there's a guy named matthew robinson that shattered the olympic record for the 200 meter in berlin in 1936 goodness shattered it i mean just blew it away mm-hmm. there was nobody near him except for one guy 
that one guy was Jesse Owens. Yep. Who um, actually won the gold in that Olympics. Um, and he beat beat Matthew Robinson mm-hmm. by four-tenths mm. of a second. Mm. Four-tenths of a second. <laughs> and everybody, everybody remembers Jesse Owens. But whatever happened to Matthew Robinson? Right. I think there was a documentary. I don't know if it was on HBO or whenever but you know it was a documentary on 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 him yeah about that yeah it, very interesting he ended up being a janitor in a whites only middle school in um pasadena goodness of all places <laughs> might as well have been cleveland i don't know but um uh to make matters worse matthew had a little brother okay matthew robinson had a little brother who was also in sports uh also an athlete what was his name Oh, searching, searching. His name was Jackie. Oh. His name was Jackie Robinson. Wow. Played baseball. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Okay. Jackie Robinson played baseball. So, you know, for for want of a four-tenths of a uh, of a second um, was the difference between completely different lives, mm. you know? They must have been, what, five years apart? Yeah. Okay. Uh, four or five years apart. Okay. Um, but, uh, um, you know, it, it, Jesse Owens won that, that Olympic gold. Now, obviously, um, Matthew had to have won the uh, uh, the silver. Right. He won something. Evidently, you don't get a lot of endorsements for silver. <laughs> <laughs> Even in 1936. And I, I think something... Let's see. Some big event happened uh, just a few years after that. What was that? Oh, yeah, that was World War II. <laughs> so I, he probably he probably traded in his silver for the for the war effort to <laughs> at that point in time. So anyway, so you say you're not a big sports fan, huh? I'm, I'm not a big sports guy. Why not? Uh, well, you know, it takes time. It takes time and attention to to be a sports guy. I'm just I don't have the patience. You know, people have always told me that, you know, that my career would have been a lot further along had I learned to play golf or drink. <laughs> you know, I never learned to do either one. So uh, I don't have the patience for golf, and and you know, I don't mind going to to a ball game. You may you probably seem like you could be a baseball fan. Because it's a slower game, you know, it's it's just much more relaxing. You know, you can just you can pick up on things. It's not fast paced like football or or basketball. You know what? No, um, I can't. It's too slow. It's too slow. So I, it's too I go slow to sleep. Oh. I go to sleep. It just takes forever. Uh, well, you write about that. Yeah, it you takes know. forever. Almost as bad as golf. Yeah, I'm running scoreboard for the UALR Trojans here in Little Rock. And, do uh, you? I do. I did not know that about you. Yeah, I, I do a lot of sports, you know, helping out the university. And, um, yeah, games usually take at least three hours, you, you know. You know, I, I tried running the scoreboard for um, – one of my kids, I think it was my daughter's mm-hmm. basketball game, yeah. and you know they got a little electronic scoreboard in, in the in the uh, the gym there. Okay, and and the guy got sick that was supposed to do it, and they you know hey, you 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 stand or you run the scoreboard. I was so bad at it, <laughs> so bad. Well, I do video replay tech also for the basketball team. So I do that, you know, whenever you, when you got to review plays, I'm that yeah. guy, you know, you come over to and I set you up and you can just take a look. Well, you know, I got a backup too. And um, a guy, you know, who was doing scoreboard, he right. was sick. He didn't show up, you know, but we thought he was coming. So basically they pointed at me. It was like, you know what? You got a backup. 
you know, have your backup sit in for you and you run scoreboard. It was fine, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I don't want to do it again. Oh, uh, no, no. I can't keep. See, in order to run the scoreboard, you have to be able to know the rules. Exactly. <laughs> so I like watching them run back and forth and throw balls into baskets and stuff. I didn't know the rules. I was, you know, I was horrible at it. Just horrible. But you survived. Yeah, I survived. You know, they think because you're a guy, you know, everything there is no about sports. That is not true. That is not true. I. You know, in business, you know, I can run a business like anything in business I can tell you about. Anything insurance I can tell you about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your but, sports. But, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of my limited uh, <laughs> talent. You know, I hide all of my other limitations very well because I just don't get into them. <laughs> oh, my if you don't goodness. want no, if you don't want people to know what you're limited at, don't yeah. try to do it. No, but I've been a sports fan my, basically my entire life. I did jump off the bandwagon with the New England Patriots back in 2001. I was like, I think I was seven years old at the time, so I jumped on. You know, people really? jumped. Yeah, people jumped on the bandwagon probably a few years ago. But I what you just needed somebody that 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 never won or anything? Well, or what? I was just an NBA. <laughs> fan. I was just a basketball fan. Yeah. You know? I, basically, I do remember Jordan hitting the last shot in 1998. And, really? Yeah, I do remember that. But I was a basketball fan solely. And then, you know, in 2001 came, I started watching a little bit of football. I was like, yeah. okay, I'm going to try this out. And the Patriots won the Super Bowl. I was watching it. I was like, you know what? That's going to be my team. Well, I mean, maybe you were good luck for them. Maybe you're the good luck charm. Maybe you were the reason they hadn't won a Super Bowl up to that point. <laughs> well, we also shouldn't have lost then in the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, you know, they had to, what, what, what somebody told me the other day. They, uh, his the, the quarterback's wife said, "Well, you know, it's time for let somebody else win." <laughs> well, you I mean, win all the time. Yeah, spread it around. Tom Brady's wife, Giselle, she basically kind of wants him to retire because you know he's now forty-one years old. Yeah, and she, she wants, wants him to, to, she wants him to be home for the with the children. Yeah, you know, she basically. wants to go spend some of that money. <laughs> yeah. She's got plenty herself. Help spend some of that money. Yeah. <laughs> So that well, they need to retire so they can he can actually see his children. <laughs> he needs to teach the next new Tom Brady. That would be great if it was his son. Yeah, I mean, we can draft him in the sixth round just like Tom. Yeah, there you, you know, go. The Eighteen next, years from now, the next new Brady. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, what are we gonna do with the Razorbacks when they? Are, what do you think of the new coach? Well, Chad Morris, you know, I'm not a Razorback fan myself. You're not. I'm not. What I'm not a Cowboys or Razorback fan. You're you know? not. That's criminal here in the state. Security. <laughs> Get him out of here. Yeah. But um, as far as Chad Morris goes, um, you know, he did a good job at SMU. Yeah. And I was a Bielema guy. I was a fan of him. You Were know, you? I, I Because, you know, not just because of football, but also how he, the academics part, too. You know, he keeps yeah. his students in line, basically. And um, I was a fan of him. Well, I can understand, you know, it's time to move on. But Chad Morris... He had an innovative offense at SMU, right. and um, he did a good job there for the limited resources that he was provided with. I don't know how he's going to do with Arkansas. As, you know, you're going against LSU, Alabama, right. Ole Miss. You don't know. You know, I, I don't have any expectations for him. I hope he does well, and um, I, I just hope the best for the program. You know, good deal. Yeah, what well, about yourself? You know, I got good hopes. I got high hopes for him. Um, I, I didn't think Bielema was getting it done. Um, evidently, nobody else did either. Well, that's how I feel about Mike, um, um, the, the head coach of the basketball team. Uh, yeah. That's how I feel about him. He's not. I mean, yeah, they've been to the NCAA tournament about three times in his yeah. tenure here at Arkansas. But 
as far as the expectations that were placed on him before he got hired. Right. And to this point, yeah, you know, you soon it's got it's about time to move on too. Right. You know, you can't live on the past with Nolan Richardson as the head coach. You know what he did. 25 years ago right you know that's when i was born basically that's 25 years ago i feel so old (laughs) (laughs) so you know he was the assistant coach on those teams and he's done a okay job you know i understand you know the expectations were very high but you know you kind of expect more out of him so yeah yeah well, yeah, I get you. I get you. I mean, it, but I, I got high hopes for the Razorbacks. I, I think with the changeover, it may take him a year. I'll give him a year before I start being critical. He's not Nick Saban, you know. No, no, yeah. he's not. And, uh, um, but I, I just, I think Bielema just, I, I liked him as a guy, but I, I just don't think he was getting it done. I just think at Arkansas, you kind of up you behind the eight ball because of who you're going competing against. Right. You know, it's like, sure the school may be great and everything, but you're going against all these big other programs where, right. man, you know, it's going to take some time. I mean, I'd be surprised if he gets it done this year, but I, you know, I'm giving him two years basically to, hey, you recruit your talent. Coach them up, yeah. and, you know. Like I said, let them develop, and it's got to be a continuing, revolving door. You know, you got to right. coach these guys because the best talent, even within the state, are most likely going to other schools. Well, do you think it's all talent, or do you think coaching styles got a lot to do with it? It's, it's a mixture of both. You know, yeah. Nick Saban, I think he's that great of a coach where he can take someone who's maybe like a two-star athlete, yeah, and he can coach them up into be a five-star by the time they're done going to the NFL. He can do that. But yeah. he's Nick Saban, so you know well, he, well he's going to get the five star player, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it's a, it's a mixture of both. You know, you I think for Arkansas for that program, you need a great coach because, like I say, I think you're just you're behind the eight ball immediately. Right. Right. It's tough. Well, we got some pretty good players. There's some good kids out there on that team. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, and it's like you're just letting a, um, um, you know, um something good go to waste you're letting you're letting a good franchise go to waste right and it it just um you got to use it properly but see like say you know we say that you know they are very good players yeah but then again you know when they line up on saturday they're going against better players yeah and it's just that's true and that's why you do need a great coach to basically overcome that disparity between talent right because there is well we'll continue this after our uh break here and uh stop and make some money um This is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick, 101.1 The Answer. We'll be right back with you. Good afternoon. This is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick this afternoon while he gets a few things done. Um, We have got a pretty good show for you going on this afternoon. Susan Altrui from Little Rock Zoo is on her way to the station as we speak. And um, after her at the uh, 4 o'clock hour, we will have Joe and Duck from Bumper to Bumper. We're going to talk about uh, autos and auto parts and all things cars. Take a few questions uh, over the live line. And the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to be talking sports. We've been talking sports a little bit while we're waiting on Miss Altrui, but um, that's going to be uh, Zach Kerr inside the hog pen. He's, that's his, um, uh, I guess it's a YouTube channel thing or facebook again i you know i know one of them is the gridiron experts that's gridiron, the one i subscribe to yeah gridiron experts is uh, alex and carter galberth and uh they do a, a very good job as well so uh looking forward to having them here we just had in studio uh aj gary from uh Arkansas department of emergency management and uh we were talking about flood insurance and all the things that you have to do to uh 
um, or what they go through in order when the state has a a major flooding event. And uh, we had Ben Chapakoff in talking about what to do about it when you got flooded and 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 uh what to do to to prevent that you can't really prevent flooding so much as you can buy insurance to cover it and that's what ben was in here talking about but uh we've been uh, the uh uh zach and i have been talking about sports also tells me he's a movie buff yeah and and the new movie coming out this weekend is the new avengers movie Mm -hmm. and uh that's uh that's that has great promise yeah it has a compilation of a lot of stars you know characters from the past 10 years now yeah see this is phase one yeah see infinity war is supposed to i guess branch off into phase two so this is the combination of all the movies that we've seen all the characters that have been basically yeah. you know filled in and um guardians it, of the galaxy are right. going to be crossed over into this mm-hmm. and and all that good stuff mm-hmm. i i like groot and that's why i love Groot's my favorite <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> but that's why I love Marvel, because you have the after credit scenes, and they connect the films. And yeah. so after Thor Ragnarok, I believe that was mm-hmm. it, you had um, the the Guardians showed up at the end. Yeah. And they met Thor. It was like, who are you? Yeah. And, um, it was just fantastic. But Infinity War, you know, so far, the reviews are good. And um, I don't expect anything less than a, a movie, to tell you the truth. Good deal. Mm-hmm uh let's see what is it thor and uh thor meets uh star lord (laughs) (laughs) i'm star lord you haven't heard of me um but anyway and then we got got deadpool coming out very soon in a few weeks after that i'm I'm, you know i hope it's going to be good as the first one because you know it's gonna be hard to beat exactly (laughs) you know that that was just perfect and that's what two years ago now yeah but you know that was you know just a perfect storm right and you know people were waiting for a rated r movie like that you know ryan reynolds he's fantastic he's perfect and he said he wanted that position he got it yeah crushed it he did a great job of it yeah great job of it i don't know about no i took my daughter to see deadpool yeah well, well she's 25 okay, so she had it coming <laughs> she's 25 but i i go to see i go to see with uh, movies with my daughters a lot and that's their thing that they get to do with dad yeah you so. know usually my friday afternoons or even thursday nights if it's a good movie like affinity war deadpool 2 or um shit uh some other films you know right you know i go on thursday night but um usually friday afternoons and uh there's no one there i got the room to myself and i could just sit back in the recliner relax eat popcorn or snickers or something and enjoy a film good deal mm-hmm. well it looks like our uh our guest is about to, to to come in the studio um we'll have to go to break here in just a couple of minutes oh yeah but uh anyway uh yeah i, I mean i i love i love sitting in the dark you know and it's about the only thing that holds my attention uh for two hours and i, I my brain rest during that that movie time what's been the best movie you've seen this year so far this year mm-hmm. uh man that's hard to say because i see so many of them <laughs> um my goodness i have to get back to you on that i have to think about that one i have to think about that one um yeah, I see so many of them. One of the things that got me into politics mm-hmm. was an American president. Okay, you know mm-hmm. um, that was a great movie. Yeah, do you remember that one? Did you see that one? I think I saw it probably one time before. It's been around a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of age, 
but uh yeah uh i like all the the marvel comic uh, movies and mm-hmm. uh um you know iron man does a does a great job um he is really that is his that is his character and that was when it started all the uh yeah all the marvel so movies. which which marvel film is your favorite then um you know um I'm partial to the Superman movies, you know, mm-hmm. um, but um, I, I like the first Iron Man. Okay. I like the, I like the, the, the third Iron Man. The mm-hmm. second one, there's really no point for that one. <laughs> I think everybody agrees with me. Yeah, man. you're right about that one. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, you know, I, I'm, and I really like um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, I like that a lot. Cool. I, I like something that's a little light, got a little comedy in it, you know. Mm-hmm. And the last uh, Thor movie, that uh, was, Ragnarok, oh, that was that was hilarious. That bits was, and pieces of it. I mean, you know, it's, how he was chained up, <laughs> swinging around, and he was yeah. like, "Just hold your hold your conversation." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree with. It. I mean, um, my favorite, really. I mean, to tell you the truth, I don't have a favorite, but because you know, I can have Black Panther up there, um, Thor Ragnarok. Doctor Strange was actually a really good one too. I think that's underrated. Yeah, and uh, Doctor, yeah, Doctor Strange was underrated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, really yeah. was. It wasn't near as popular as, right. as some of the other. Well, it looks like we need to uh, take another break. Um, uh, did you say thirty thirty seconds? Okay. Well, what do we do for thirty seconds besides breathe? <laughs> this is alan kerr i'm filling in for dave ellswick this afternoon uh up next we've got uh, susan altrui from the little rock zoo she's going to be talking to us about everything what's going on with the zoo and and all the new things they have out there yeah we're gonna wrap it up all right this is uh alan kerr filling in for dave ellswick uh we'll be right back after these messages <clears throat> All right, we're back, and uh, I'm Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick this afternoon. Uh, we've got a great show for you this afternoon. We've got uh, Susan Altrui, the director of Little Rock Zoo. And we are just talking that, that um, you started out in marketing That's at the right. zoo, did That's you? That's right, yeah, marketing and, and development. Isn't yeah. that your, your forte, marketing? Yes, yeah, and, I, I did uh, fundraising, special events, yeah. and uh, all, all kinds of things like that. You, yeah. you did such a good job with that. They said, you know yeah. what, just take over the whole thing. <laughs> just take it over. That's right. That's uh, yeah. right. It was a little, a little more difficult than that. Yeah. But uh, uh, from what I've seen, you're doing a great job there, and and uh, I hear great things. People uh, um, are proud of their zoo again. Well, thank you for saying you. that. Yeah. Uh, I'm proud of our zoo, and uh, we definitely want more people to be proud of our zoo. So we're working hard at that. Absolutely. We were talking about some of the nice things coming up, the cool things coming up this year at the zoo. Um, of course, I always I like to talk about the the penguin exhibit. That's my favorite. Um, we uh, you were talking about the little baby penguins. How many penguins have you had born? We've had five born. Five of zoo. them. Yeah, five have hatched out, and uh, that's very significant. Uh, we started with fifteen, so now we're uh, we're up to twenty. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we've had five that have hatched, and uh, they they are just adorable. You know that that exhibit I think has been one of the best things we've done at our yeah. zoo. Uh, we opened that exhibit in two thousand and eleven. 
And uh, what makes it so unique is that underwater viewing. You know, yeah. anytime you can yeah. see something swim yeah. and see it underwater, and, and those penguins are so curious, you know, they come right up to you, and, and uh, it, it's so fun to just kind of watch them swim underwater. And, uh, and, and the kids, it's so fun when they run up to the glass. You know, a lot of times the penguins will come right up to the kids at the glass and chase yeah. the kids at the glass, you know. But uh, uh, what's great about these penguins that we've hatched is uh, they're able to go into classrooms. So our Zoo to You program has expanded all over the state because of these penguins. We've taken penguins into classrooms uh, in northwest Arkansas, down in southern parts of the state. And, uh, you know, you, you just see kids' eyes just light up when a penguin right. walks into the room. I mean, what a great thing, you know, to see well, the a only penguin thing- waddle into a classroom. The only- okay, well, no, I won't go there. Anything, you don't think cuter, <laughs> just... You know, I think cuter uh, than than a penguin is a baby penguin. I, you know, just oh, about three yeah. inches tall. That, exactly. That's, oh my gosh, it just uh, I just can't think of anything cuter. Exactly. Um, so you we've we got the penguin exhibits doing well. Uh, you got the new train out there. The yes. Train's what uh, three years old now. Yeah, yeah. The train's already three years old. I know, right? And. Um, uh, before you contracted that out, yep. now it belongs to the zoo, That's right. and you That's guys right. run it, yep. um, which is awesome. You got new train, new tracks, yeah. and uh, it's a it's a beautiful train. I'm, yeah, I'm really impressed it with it. It is. That's got to be a good draw for yeah. you. And um, you said you had some summer things going on this we week. We do. This, this year. So we have revamped our Zufari program, and this is our summer camp. And uh, we are doing week-long programs now. And yeah. so uh, it's also going to happen all day. So you can drop the kids off in the morning before work and pick them up after work. And that's uh, very flexible for working families. So we're very, very proud of that, uh, that we've worked that out to be able to offer that this year. And it's a week-long program. So uh, we have lots of different things available. One yeah. of my uh, my favorites that we're offering is, uh, so you want to run a zoo. <laughs> all about that. Yeah. So uh, the the, the the inner workings of the zoo so uh very educational uh we we really like uh to promote education at the little rock zoo so uh but we also like to have fun so uh, it's a great way to learn uh you get to come to the zoo have fun uh learn about some animals and just have a great time good deal well i know running a zoo has got to be more than feeding uh, animals and cleaning cages Oh, so, it is. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it is. Um, what else have you got? Didn't you have some new animals here just recently, like a, a giraffe? Wasn't the giraffes? Uh, well, we actually don't have giraffes right now. We don't have any giraffes yeah, and, you, and let me tell you, we have more people come up to us and ask us every day, where are the giraffes? And they really want giraffes back. So that's something we're working on. We're yeah. we're, get, we're working to raise some money and uh, the last working on some plans to get some giraffes back. Away. They did. Uh, well, well, one did. And yeah. uh, then we had to move the, the solitary one to another zoo. So, uh, so he's doing well. He's uh, Good. Uh, at a zoo a in Texas girlfriend. and has got new girlfriends. So he's doing well. <laughs> but but, uh, uh, but uh, we we do want to get a new giraffe exhibit and uh, do one with uh, a feeding deck where the public can feed the giraffes and oh, have that neat. interactive yeah. experience. So that's what we're working on right now uh, for future plans. But uh, we have gotten some additional animals at the zoo. We've gotten new ostriches, uh, yellowback dikers, uh, Somali wild ass. And that is literally their name, uh, is Wallabass. the Somali wild ass. So, uh, but, so what are uh, what the the one before the wallabass, the the 
yellowback yeah, diker. What's a yellowback yeah, diker? It's a type of antelope. Antelope, uh, okay. Beautiful, beautiful antelope. So, and, and literally, uh, they have yellow on their backs. So, yeah. you the yellowback diker. So, yeah. My goodness. Yeah, we're about to get colobus monkeys and uh, renovate our serval uh, exhibit. So, that's coming up. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, so, you. Um, one of the curious things that, that I've seen at the zoo is is the the um, uh, prairie dog yeah. exhibit. Yeah, that holy cow! There's a lot of prairie dogs. A lot of prairie dogs. <laughs> <laughs> do they breed like rabbits or something? But uh, I mean, yeah, they do. They oh do. my gosh! Yeah, they that's do. A lot of prairie, a lot of prairie dogs. That's a prairie dog infestation. It's <laughs> not an exhibit. That's an infestation. Uh, speaking speaking of rabbits, we yeah. also got two giant chinchilla rabbits. So they're Where, also these, really these cool. like Harvey size rabbits. Oh, they're I big. mean, giant chinchilla giant rabbits. rabbits. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, these things like the size of a dog or something. Pretty or, much. Oh yeah. my god. Oh yeah. They're they're probably a good two feet long, and yeah, they're they're puffy. Yeah, big. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a I'm, heritage breed, so uh, we actually got them from a breeder here uh, locally. Really? Um, yep. That's it's uh, someone working to preserve the breed, so we like that message. Um, but uh, yeah, just that was a, his excuse for having them anyway. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's an excuse, right? Uh, but fan, fantastic. We're working to preserve yeah. the breed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. heritage breeds. We like that. But that's what I tell uh, my children too. That's right. That's yeah. why we're working to preserve you exactly. But uh, no, it, it, they're they're just fantastic fun. We're able to take those out into uh, the park and let the kids pet them. Uh, mm-hmm. They're they're great with uh, with the public. They're pretty especially docile. With kids. Uh, they are for the most they part. They don't yeah. rear up and you know. no, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've we've been working with them too, so yeah. they're harness trained and they can go out. Uh, oh harness trained rabbit mm, they are yeah oh my goodness mm-hmm. well if they're big as a dog then right. i guess they need to be there you go wow okay well um the uh you you said the um the day camp or the uh the um um the program you had out there that was like two hundred dollars yeah a little, little yeah, less let, than two hundred yeah, we'll um, and if you're a zoo member it's even cheaper so yeah. what's the reason to be a zoo member that? uh we have different packages it starts at 89 dollars a year and that gets you into the zoo all year long so really yeah so yeah. when you come two times you've made your money back so it's a great yeah. deal well you know what i that's when you bring that up i um um when i was much much younger um the zoo is a great place to take a date yeah you know and uh so i i was trying to encourage my my son to do uh um uh to take his uh his daughter and, and so forth to the zoo yeah. on a regular basis and um uh so i bought him a, a bought him and her a, an annual membership yeah and uh, that worked out really well oh that's, really a, good, that's well. a great in fact, we idea. keep that going yeah we, that going yeah, we appreciate that support. so uh yeah absolutely yeah um and you've got some some really nice areas out there i know i had you know uh, helped develop the uh, um one of the playgrounds yes, out there for yes. the disabled kids yes. and things like that's that that's a hugely popular playground is it really it is well, and of course and it, it no, it really is, and we thank you for that support, for that, and for the train. Those were two yeah. very important things. And yeah. it's, it's interesting because that playground and that train, 
there are a lot of kids that they come to the zoo and it's like eh, animals but that playground and the train yeah. you know that's yeah. what they care about and we also get a lot of comments from from moms too and and it's like you know what if we didn't have that playground you know it's just great because at the at the end of their trip they can go and just let yeah. their kids just run out all that energy right you know so it's a great way to end their trip you know well is that zoo. right outside so, the uh the cafeteria uh-huh, thing the cafe there, the, yeah the cafe um and and uh, you got some pretty, really good food in there too. Kind yeah, of thing. But, we do uh, have some good food, and we also do um, private events in the cafes. So. Yes, I've been there for that. Yeah, and um, y'all stand around with the uh, the the birds and yeah. the owls. Yeah, and everything. that's pretty neat. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we're going to take a brief break here, try to make some money. All right. And uh, uh, we'll come back and talk more about the zoo. All right. This is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick on one hundred one point one. The answer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick. Uh, we got a really great show for you this afternoon. I'm here in the studio talking to uh, Susan Altrui on Little Rock Zoo. She's the director there now. Started out in advertising. She did such a great job. They wanted her to stay around. <laughs> Take this thing and run it. Um, you said, and speaking of advertising and, and events, you've got several going on uh, at the zoo we got uh, Wild Wines. That's right. Our Wines right. Wild. <laughs> wild Wines. Yeah, that's our annual fundraiser. This is an adults-only event. Uh, the zoo has uh, lots of events for families, but we do a couple of things that are after hours for adults only, and Wild Wines is one of them. Uh, it's this weekend coming up. So we've this got uh, Yeah, this weekend. Wow, so good time. Coming, coming, coming on strong. Uh, we've got our Saturday night event, which we call the Main, M-A-N-E, event, uh, like a lion mane, Roar. So that event, aha. Uh-huh. Cue the eye roll. Uh, that's that was, right. That was that's a right. stretch. <laughs> so that event uh, is held all over the zoo. We've got about 200 different wines to sample. And uh, Oluni's uh, Wine and Liquor is the sponsor of that. Very generous donors. Uh, they donate all of uh, the wine for this totally free uh, for us. And uh, wow. it's just fantastic. And what's really, really great about it, too, is that they curate the wine for us. Uh, so it's quality wine. Huh. Uh, they're uh, their sommeliers uh, take a, a lot of pride in it, and uh, they want it to be a good experience for the guest. Uh, so there, they, there's a lot of great stuff there to sample. Uh, it's a great experience if you're looking to try to find something new. Uh, and we also have food from 40 different restaurants. So uh, this is a great event if you just want to come for the food. And we actually have a ticket. We call it the foodie ticket for people that may not want to drink, that uh, may not be drinkers, yeah. that just want to come and experience the food. Uh, so so uh, lots of options there at Wild Wines. And the live music is fantastic, too. We've got live music uh, too. Boom Kinetic, which is a dance band. Yeah. Bill's Town, which uh, is uh, a great band, too. A little bit more country music style. Uh, so there's a, a little bit of something for everybody. And then on Friday night, uh, we've got our VIP night. Uh, that's uh, for the uh, uh, individuals that may like uh, the finer wines. Uh, we have uh, higher-end wines that night. Uh, a little bit of a higher ticket price that night and uh, we've got food from petite and keat from so from capitol hotel from some other restaurants like that too so uh, a little bit more of a fine dining experience for that night but uh, all proceeds go to our zoo foundation and our zoo foundation is what helps us to build new exhibits so uh, those private funds are are great because uh, they they help us to renovate the zoo to build new things like the penguin exhibit uh, that we were talking about earlier Uh, so really helps us out Good deal. 
Well, even though you're director, you can't take the marketing out of your your psyche, can you? <laughs> never. No, never. <laughs> Always trying to sell. Always, Always trying, trying to, to sell. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, this is an all-adult uh, event, and I, I assume it's outside? It is. It and is. Well, what, the Friday what if it night pours event down is, raining? Well, so the, the Friday night event is actually in Cafe Africa in our pavilion, yeah. which are covered and inside. Yeah. And uh, the Saturday night event is outside, but we do have a backup plan. Uh, we've got War Memorial, uh, which we have had the event at War Memorial before when it's raining. Oh, so we've done it in the concourse before, so we do have a backup uh, plan. So Next can, door. That's right. We can shift over there if we need to. Yeah. Um, but uh, luckily, we haven't had to so that's that's the good thing so yeah good deal but so far the weather's looking great for saturday yeah so. it is looking like we're gonna yeah. have a really nice weekend yeah. thank goodness we're we're due a couple yes we are and uh maybe it won't sleet and snow oh my gosh i can't believe we had that on that red and white game for the yeah. razorbacks it yeah. was horrible weather yeah, we had a whole thing planned to partner with them on that really and, oh yeah horrible well, well I've, I've got some sports guys coming in this afternoon. We're going to talk about the, the likelihood of that happening again. Yeah. Uh, them using that venue for a red-white game. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but, um, well, the zoo is, is uh, kind of a mainstay in Arkansas. How do we rank uh, nationally as far as zoos go? You know, it, it's hard to place a ranking on any zoo uh, just because they're all so different. Mm-hmm. And, and and ours is very unique and different from other zoos. Now, now one thing you can say about our zoo, which does set us apart from others, is that we are accredited by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, AZA. And that is a mark of distinction. So yeah. in our country, uh, there are about 2,000 facilities that uh, have a licensure through the USDA. Uh, right. If you want to have the public come into your facility to see your animals, you have to be licensed, and there are certain minimum requirements you have to meet. And a lot of that's because of public health reasons. And right. uh, also, too, just to make sure that you're doing right by a lot of the animals, too, especially with mammals. Uh, so there's minimum requirements for what you're holding the animals in. And, uh, you know, when we deal with things like, you know, big cats that have big teeth, you want to make sure that those, uh, that those areas you're keeping them in are secure because that can be very dangerous for the public and right. for you who's actually operating the facility. So uh, of those facilities, uh, there's only uh, those 2,000, uh, only 200 of those meet the requirements to be accredited by the AZA. It's a much higher standard for animal care, a uh, higher standard for right. uh, for safety, for the guest, for, uh, for your staff. Uh, it's a higher standard just overall for the experience of of that zoo it's a higher standard for the education that you're providing right. uh, it's a higher standard for everything so it, it is a feather in our cap that we are an aza accredited zoo so that's Very something good. that we should be proud of yeah uh and, it, and it's also something too that uh it, it's a peer review you know it, it's not something that the government is coming in and saying oh well you should be aza accredited it's not government mandated it is yeah. a peer reviewed body right. which is something that i think that we should be proud of too that it's our peers looking at us and saying this is the mark of excellence that we want to maintain uh and it's something too that uh that the usda has said you know if you all can regulate yourselves we're not going to regulate you and so that's something really? that's that's, that's, that's nice. really good keep it, the feds out is. of it that's right so keeping yeah. the feds out of it right uh you know aza uh is able to say okay well we're going to maintain uh, a core of excellence amongst ourselves and and have this as a way of saying this is what the bar of excellence is so for right. our zoo to be accredited it's a really good thing awesome well um 
honestly everything i know about zoos comes from the movie uh i i saw that we bought a zoo <laughs> i'm assuming you've seen the movie i have seen the movie yeah yeah <laughs> yeah saw what that that uh what those folks went through putting that zoo back together it's hard was, it's hard yeah hard work yeah and you got some guy coming out there with a um uh a measuring tape and all right. that kind of thing yeah some guy inspector yep um it sometimes can come down to that yeah, yeah. i know um well, it sounds like you got really, really good stuff going on at the zoo. We do uh, right now. It's yeah. uh, it's always been a nice place to visit, but it's getting better and better. Yeah. Um, I hear lots of people talk about it, and and the residents of Arkansas are very, very proud of it. Um, you do a great job. Well, over thank there. you. Since you've been thank there, you. that that zoo has come a long way. Well, I'm not just talking you. about as director; I'm talking about as marketer. Well, and, thanks. And I've seen and, and been able to see the. Uh, uh, the metamorphosis uh, oh, of the zoo that well, looked like you. something that was starting to crumble and it, yeah. and, and you reversed that course and, well, and it's, it's it's done really well well i have a fantastic team you know i'm i'm very fortunate that we we have a staff that loves what they do and they're passionate and uh they they want to be there and uh that that makes my job a lot easier so it's it's great well uh, we got about 30 seconds left. Uh, is there anything else you want to tell everybody about the zoo? Well, um, head over to our website, littlerockzoo.com, or to our Facebook page. There's that marketer in me there. Yeah, there, there it go. goes. Yeah, <laughs> you can find out more information about the zoo and upcoming events. Right. Um, very good. I appreciate you coming by. Well, thanks and, for having me. It's always a pleasure. Getting over here at breakneck speed. And, yeah. Uh, um, we we always enjoy having you. I always enjoy talking with absolutely. you about the zoo and yeah. and all the great things that you do. Appreciate and your support. Absolutely, absolutely. Anything else we can do, just let us know. Uh, I'm insurance commissioner now, so it's it's not a whole <laughs> lot I can do in that area. But <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. Um, all right. Well, we're going to wrap it up for this hour. Uh, next hour, we're going to have the uh, Joe and Duck from Bumper Bumper in and talk about everything cars and. Uh, I want to thank Susan Altrui, Director Susan Altrui, for coming in this afternoon and talking about the zoo. Thanks for having me. I'm Alan Kerr, filling in for Dave Ellswick. We'll be right back with you. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Alan Kerr, filling in for Dave Ellswick this afternoon. We've got a great show for you. Uh, I've got, uh, uh, got Duck in uh, this afternoon from Bumper to Bumper. And uh, we're going to talk everything cars and uh, talk about uh, car, the car show, car show, car parts, and uh, even take a few of your calls. Um, if you're writing this number down, 501-823-0965, we'll start taking calls here in just a bit and get uh, get your questions about your car. What about the car show? How'd it go? Uh, it, no, it don't come up to June. Oh, that June the second. June the second. No, they had one out at. Uh, conway conway but yeah. that was that was a different one from ours that that was mainly a volkswagen one up there then. oh really but ours come in june the second uh it'd be the first saturday in june first saturday in june uh, we'll have you know anywhere from 80 to 160 cars wow we got enough room to park probably 100 inside and we got enough room out back underneath the, the awning to park another probably 70 or 80 and where's this going to be conway at the expo center okay uh, same place yep same place uh registration you can go online and register it's b2b.com uh, uh bumper to bumper and you, you can pull it up and look at it 
uh-huh. you know, and they're in classes. We're going to have a rat rod class this year. They're going to give away a trophy for it. Overall winner will win. I think it's a thousand dollar shopping spree. I'm not 100 percent sure, but uh, well, that'll go pretty fast on car parts. Oh yeah, don't last long. <laughs> a couple years ago, one of the guys they won it. It was a, it was a lady. She won it, and she come back up there, and she told me and Joe. She said, "Look, I want to donate this. I want y'all to auction it off." Wow. So we and all the money goes to Ron McDonald House. Right. So we stood up there, and I got it to five hundred dollars, and I couldn't get it no higher. So I bid on it. I bid myself on it, and then I finally got it up to nine hundred dollars for it. And and the guy who did it, he said, "Hey, I'd have paid twelve, thirteen hundred dollars for it." He said, "You know, it, it's going for a good reason." So right. But uh, and he bought it just to, to be buying it. You know, he said, "I don't really need it," but I, you know, I wanted my bid in on good it. Good cause, so, yeah, and it did. And, and Ronald McDonald House, you know, and I'm sure you've been to Ronald McDonald House and sure. you've seen their new facilities. I mean, it is great. It's awesome. I mean, it is great. I'm going to try here in the next couple of weeks to get one of the people from Ronald McDonald House to come up here with us on a Wednesday when Joe's here so, you know, we can have have them kind of sit in and, and they can explain more about Ronald McDonald House than I can because I don't know a whole lot about it. I just know I got a niece that's been there for three or four years and they take good care of her and take good care of my cousins and stuff, you know, they, yeah. and, you know, because Lord knows they need help <laughs> when they're yeah. over here. But uh, my goodness, the car show. It, you know, we got all kind of classes. We got from new all the way down to to the nineteen hundreds. You know, just come on in, and uh, you can go online and register. It's twenty dollars to register. Every dollar that we raise, the twenty dollars you spend on it goes straight to Ronald McDonald House. Really? Okay. We, we every dollar we raise goes straight to Ronald. The guy who's going to do the food this year, he's going to donate ten percent of every dollar he makes to the Ronald McDonald House. Okay. Uh, so buy a lot of food. Yep. <laughs> And it's a pretty good meal uh, that they're going to have this year. And they'll be. It's not McDonald's? Nope. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Didn't know how that worked. Nope, not McDonald's. But uh, they'll be, you know, we anticipate probably somewhere, if the sun's shining, somewhere around 150 cars. Yeah. Wow. You know, and. uh, That's a lot of cars. And you'll be surprised some of the rat rod people drag out of the fields. And What are rat rods? It's a vehicle that they drug out of the field and made it start and run. Uh huh. And they've got all kind of stuff hanging on it, weird stuff. One guy last year had took a bedpan, made him an air cleaner out of it. No kidding. <laughs> One guy, he his dad had passed away and, and left this old truck sitting out in the field. Uh huh. And it had a wasper nest about that big around. Wow. Inside the cat, he left it. Yeah. And then had a wasp on it, but you know he had left it and it and. They showed a wasp nest about the size of a cake pan, guys. Yeah. I mean, it's it's huge. It was a big and, and and they put all kind of stuff on them. You know, they put baby bottles, t- screw baby bottles here. You know, it, it's yeah. it's just a they don't do nothing to them except make them start and run. Yeah, I mean they're rough. They're <laughs> as rough and ready as you Blowing can ever smoke get. and they cool in there and everything right one of them we had put a piece of pasteboard down for one of them it was leaking all so bad oh my goodness yeah they keep the floor from getting so bad but yeah uh a lot of people's into that and it's a rat rod you'd be surprised i got a buddy that's mate took a volkswagen and he made the weirdest looking volkswagen you ever seen is that right it's got a deal you know like the old trains used to have you know to push the cows off the track yeah can't, had a cow catcher he put one of them on it it's got exhaust sticking up five foot up in the air oh my gosh the gear shift is about six foot tall he has to kind of run his arm all the way up top of the shift gears but but that's part of being a rat rod i mean yeah that's you know the the crazier it is the better people like them i yeah. mean it's just unreal but the car show is great it's put on by bumper to bumper bumper to bumper 
uh, all them people over there, you know, you got James, you got Jerry Rocher, you got Kenneth. They're all great people. Yeah. You, and uh, uh, Mr. Fletcher, you can't beat a better person. I mean, uh, he, you know, he, he goes out of his way to help us. And and, uh, and they all show up, too, at the car show. Yeah. You know, it's not just uh, us certified centers doing it. They're all there. James is there. Jerry's there. We'll go up there on Friday and, and tape everything off and get everything ready. Right. And set up, and they'll all be there working just as hard as the rest of us work. I mean, you know. Wow. And on on Saturday, they'll be working just as hard as we yeah. do. I mean, well, those it things takes, aren't easy. That's it uh, takes about forty of us to put it on. Yeah. We started in 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 December, late November, December. Start planning it. Start figuring yeah. out what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, and, and it takes a lot of legwork. You know, we have meetings pretty regular during December and January right. to figure out what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. You know. We moved it to Conway. We used to have it out here at Warmore Stadium. We moved it to Conway strictly because of the building. Really? Because they got a building that's 125 foot wide and 350 foot long. So you can put them all in there? You can put about 100. If you put them in right, you can get about 100 in there. Wow. And, uh, and leaving enough space so they can open the doors and walk right. around. And, um, you know, we've uh, it's it's uh, it's a pretty neat deal. I bet. You know, if you've never seen, I mean, these guys, they breathe and talk antique cars yeah i mean they they it's amazing we come down last year they had two had a perfect score really two of them had a perfect score <clears throat> wow have you ever tried to find a find a fault with one of them so they give it to me and joe says here y'all need to go down there and figure out who's the winner who's overall the winner that's the grand champion right so we go over and pull up and joe says uh-oh i said what's the matter he said that's my customer uh-oh. He said, see you later. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to recuse yourself on that one. <laughs> he, he walks off. I said, wait a minute. Where are you going? He said, you're on your own, Duck. Yeah. Take care of it. So I crawled around there, and I, I got down to painting, to counting paint chips in the fenders. Oh, my gosh. And they both had nine scratches on or nine, <laughs> so, nine imperfections. So I yeah. sent my oldest son was there with us, and so I sent him. I said, crawl up under it and tell me which one's got rust up under it. Right. He come out, Dad. He said, Dad no rust wow and finally i called the two over and i said look y'all 100 perfect score right i can't find nothing wrong with neither one of you to to, to make the other one win i said what do y'all want to do he pulled a coin out and he said call it there you go <clears throat> we flipped it and yeah and and the guy who who didn't win he said hey, i won here last week so you know yeah. he was but you know sometimes it comes down to that you yeah. don't have no choice but if you can't find something wrong he was cool with it all right well, we're going to take a little break real quick to make some money for the station this is alan kerr uh filling in for dave ellswick at 101.1 the answer will be right back after these messages good afternoon everybody this is alan kerr filling in for dave ellswick this afternoon we got a great show for you i've got uh duck from duck's garage uh out in benton we have uh, been talking everything uh, cars i've uh, been talking about the car show they're going to have in uh um, june the second uh, june the second in conway um and uh, uh looking forward to that conway expo center um you can go uh check it out and uh, register on b2b.com bumper to bumper.com um there's and, a link here on the top of the page you can link up to it and then it'll tell you all about it all right great uh right now we're going to uh we've, we've for the seventh caller we're going to uh, give away a uh, 500 lumens rechargeable flashlight. You recharge it with your cell phone charger. Uh, this is this is one of those really, really honking uh, flashlights. 
that uh, uh, you can light your way or beat off an attacker with this is a heavy thing <laughs> yeah it's made uh, out of it's got metal all around it yeah it's it's a really good flashlight 500 lumens lumens rechargeable and um we're gonna take the seventh caller and uh, give that away as we uh, as we speak here so um I, I didn't go 15 this time no we didn't do 15th caller i don't know if we got that many lines man i, I don't know <laughs> they get on me all the time because yeah. i always want to go high but that's okay yeah but alan what kind of vehicle do you drive well you know i got i've got too many of them <laughs> i got too many of them uh, you know i have uh, like i said i've been a car guy for a long time i started out with mustangs i used to rebuild mustangs when i was about 18 19 years so old 65 models yeah 65 through through 70 yeah and uh got into some of the fastbacks there in, in the um in the 70s but it was some good old cars they're good cars uh build them and just strip them down to the frame build them from the ground up and then the kids were born and i had to give all that up yep yeah yeah you know you ran out of money yep quick yeah very quick so uh but right now i my pride is i have a 2014 um chevy ss sitting in my garage oh man. okay uh red red black chevy ss and uh it's uh oh just this side of 400 horsepower um they they didn't make very many of them i don't know if you know anything about that particular i do particular car. i got a buddy got one just like it do you yep um that uh, they were put together in um, australia i yep. think they're shipped over they're, here they're potent little cars yeah they are it's fun to drive yeah really my, fun to drive my wife has a uh, uh 04 convertible mustang yeah that she likes to ride in so you know but it's she's had it now for about a year i guess i, I, I actually bought it wrecked yeah and had my body shop guy to repair it for me and give it to her wow for her anniversary gift so nice she's she she cadillacs around in it but it's okay i'm, I'm not real fond on about riding with a roof down because it tears it messes my sinuses up well that's me too and and always has i i the few times i've tried um owning or or driving a uh, a convertible i just i mean they're cool looking yep they but, are cool looking. but they're as inconvenient as anything i've ever had they are they're, so, they're uh, bad inconvenience but but they're 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 cool looking I mean, yeah they I mean, are that's all you can say yeah if you're just using one to drive on the weekend for a few hours and you know on the weekend what she does yeah that's really all you need the rest but, time it sits in a garage yeah you know but uh speaking of uh, uh you know cars um you know the the things that right now that people's having problems out of i i I don't work on many cars i do work on some i don't work on many cars yeah. most of mine is diesel pickups 18 what is what i work on oh really you know and uh right now the problem people's having out of diesel pickups i don't know if you know it is the exhaust problem i mean just really oh man this with all this new exhaust on, with exhaust getting clogged up yeah yeah really the dp it's got a cat filter on it dpl filter on it it takes the rear fluid to, to clean it uh pump problems on the, the the pumps are real bad about going bad on the on the rear fluid uh-huh. the injectors go bad the pumps go bad it's got an inlet knock sensor outlet knock sensor it's got three temperature sensors and any one of them goes bad and it and it's down okay that's a whole lot more than than, <coughs> than a, your regular exhaust. a tailpipe and and a and a muffler <laughs> and a muffler that's yes. what i'm used to just a tailpipe and a muffler but, so uh, i get them in there and it's nothing to spend six seven thousand dollars on really Oh, hey, we got a caller, uh, Diddy. Oh, man. Well, call back. Call back. We'll uh, 
Yeah, we'll, we'd like to talk to you. We'll like your calls. Yeah, we'll. Uh, uh, if you want, you got a question for Duck about your car? Five zero one eight two three zero nine six five. We'll be glad to uh, to Take answer it. your questions yep. for you. But you know, the exhaust work is so much with this, and and not on this diesel pickup. It's on the eighteen wheelers too. Right. Have you ever seen eighteen wheeler going down the interstate and it puffs out the blue? It's white looking smoke. Yeah. That's it's called a regen. That bluest white looking smoke is ash. Really? Yep. It's, wow. Is ash that towards went through a regen mode and cleaned everything, and you know it's it's uh, but the DPF stuff is killing American public. Oh. It's so expensive to fix them nowadays. Can imagine six. It, nothing to spend anywhere from three to six thousand dollars on. Yeah. I spent almost eight thousand on three one. Six thousand dollars on on eighteen wheeler here the other day. I had yeah. The, the had a blowed head gasket. Yeah. Cracked it. Cracked the DLC. Yeah. And cracked it, the cat filter and everything in it. Had to replace it all. Oh Couldn't my clean gosh. it. It was about eight grand time I got through with him. Oh my gosh. You know, and people just they just shake their head and walk off and look at me and say, "Okay, fix it." Yeah. Well, nothing, nothing else can I can do. do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, especially if that's your livelihood. Yeah. You know, you know, they're running up down the road all day long trying to make a living like the rest of us. You know, right. But right. Uh, it gets harder and harder when you have to do all this stuff and everything. So but, you know, it's uh, the diesel pickups run in the same situation. But right now, if you own a vehicle, you need to check your cabin air filter. You know, I heard about that. I, I, I have never heard of a cabin air filter until recently. And, of course, I, I get one changed in my car all the time. My my daughter drives a Rav Four in Texas, and every time she takes that thing in, they're telling me that the the, the cabin air the filter. cabin air filter is clogged up. So uh, I guess all the pollen's doing that. Yes, yeah, all this green stuff flying in there. That's what I tell people: change it before the, you know, change it in December, right? And then don't change it again till about the first, about the middle of May, right? Usually by the middle of May, all the pollen's gone, right? All the green stuff is through flying. But you'll be surprised. Usually by Mother's Day, it's yep. done. You'll be surprised when you pull that air, that cabin air filter out, what's stuck in it. Yeah. If you live by pine trees, all that pine tree straw goes right down into it. Wow. If you live by oak trees in the fall yeah. when the leaves are shucking, it all goes down into it. Yeah. And it's a good thing because Dodge went for a couple of years, about three years, they didn't have a cabin air filter. Right. And you'd be surprised how many dash I had to pull out to clean the evaporator core. Really? So the heater will work. And so they say it worked because it'll be just packed full just, in there. Just packed full of yep. dust and dirt and everything but, else. And now Dodge now has a cabin air filter and the newer ones. Yeah. But if you have a vehicle and it has a cabin air filter, in the next couple of weeks you need to replace it. Yeah. Okay. And it, and it stops your head from messing up. Not mm-hmm. only that, it stops everything from getting stopped up. Yeah. Well, I, I've got I've got several cars. I'm going to have to go. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a I've got a Jeep Cherokee and I've got a uh, a Lexus uh, three fifty. Um, both of them got it. Both of them got it. Yeah, and of course that that Chevy SS it's got one in it. And most time it don't take but fifteen twenty minutes to put it in. Yeah, and you know the filters, most of the filters run anywhere from fifteen dollars to to forty dollars. There's a few of them out there that's a little more expensive, but yeah, most time they're in that most time for less than hundred dollars you can get the cabin air filter replaced and cleaned and you're good again you know until the fall you know until december comes back around right. but in the winter time it's more potent uh because you know you're running with outside air on in the summertime you don't run with outside air you run you know with the recirculation button pushed, yeah. and that's just the air inside the cab you yeah. know i have some work trucks that they got a rubber floor mat in them 
Right. And them guys that get in with the muddy feet in the yeah. summertime. Yeah. Well, when that dirt dries. It blows the, dust around the, the car. The vent's right at their feet. Yeah. So guess what it yeah. does? So, oh, my gosh. Sucks it up in there. and. Well, it, I'm, I tend to uh, – I tend to uh, – um, drive a car with with the the in the recirculator on in, in t- inside the car yep. almost all the time yep. me too i don't have fresh air coming in my nope. car I, um, I i can't stand it yeah i mean it it's uh it's crazy but uh, i i just uh, with my allergies and everything I, I always drive with all the cars with the and uh, recirculation inside the car see that's why mine is my allergy just don't allow me to yeah. do it I and mean. i and i keep I keep the mud out of it too, so I don't have to swirl that other dirt around. <laughs> but that, you know, that's that's the deal. I have people in there all the time, you know, and they'll come in and say, "Hey, my air conditioner's not working." Okay, what's wrong? And you go out there and put the gauges on. Hey, it works fine. But you walk in there and put your hand in front of the vent, ain't no air coming out. So yeah, okay, need to pull the dash out, and it's about an eight-hour job to do. Right. Well, we're going to take a break here in a minute, and uh, yeah, I got two minutes. Uh, which is a lifetime on radio. People don't realize that. It's a long but, time. It's a long time. We're going to talk about tune-ups. We're going to talk about uh, air conditioners and what to do about those. We're going to talk about wiper blades. Yep. And uh, take her, take some more calls. And, uh, again, that number is 501-823-0965. And uh, um, when we get back, we'll, we'll talk about some of the other things. Also, I want to talk to you about what you think about uh, the Alexa – Connecting with the uh, the UConnect and and uh, um, OnStar start my car to start your car and all that kind of thing and how dangerous is that what 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 kind of trouble am I looking at if if I've got my Alexa tied into my car but um, as long as the lightning don't strike your house you're okay okay if lightning gets your house it possible could blow your computer in your car no kidding no kidding I got. I, I got knew there a, had to be something wrong with I it. I got a motor home right now. Lightning, <clears throat> he got it underneath the metal awning. Yeah. Lightning got into it about a week ago. Is that right? Yeah, I'm waiting on the computer to come back from the hospital. <laughs> My goodness. It, probably $15,000, dollars time I get through with it. $15,000, on what kind of car? That's on a motor home. A motor home. Wow. Holy cow. That's just to make it run. That don't include nothing internal. Wow. Don't include none of the the refrigerator the stove there's a there's a reason not to have a motor home okay got 30 seconds here but you know uh, uh people you know lightning used to lightning wouldn't bother vehicle because there was nothing electronic on it now with you know cars have got 13 computers on them now yeah they got them from the abs to the tar sensors to everything all right well when we get back we'll talk about those and more things uh we're going to uh, take some phone calls. This is Alan Kerr uh, for in for Dave Ellswick, 101.1 The Answer. Be right back. <clears throat> All right, we're back. I'm filling in for Dave Ellswick. Uh, my name is Alan Kerr, and uh, this is 101.1 The Answer. We've got uh, Duck from Duck's Garage out in the uh, studio here. We're going to take some calls and uh, take some questions. we got Derek from Jacksonville. Derek, can you hear us? Hello. Hey, Derek. This is Alan Kerr. You got a question for Duck? Not there. Hello, Derek. Are you there? 
I don't yep. see Richard on here. Okay. <laughs> We're having a little trouble with our phones here, folks. Please call us back. Okay. All right. Um, so we, while we work on that, so yeah, uh, yeah while, while they're working on the phones, yeah. trying to get them to work. Yes, sir. You know, we can talk about tune-up cars. You know, most cars. You know, used to Alan when we was young. Yeah, a car got tuned up every twenty, twenty-five, thirty thousand miles. Yeah. Because the carburetor just dumped X amount of fuel into it, and what it didn't burn went on out the exhaust. Right. Or went down into the oil pan, one of the two. Nowadays, the way they got these cars cleaned up, it's nothing to get 100,000 to 140,000 miles before you put any plugs in them. Yeah. You know, I, I was going to say, I can't remember the last time I put plugs in a car. You just don't have to do it no more. Yeah. You know, there's nothing now to say, you know, I have a parts running truck. A guy runs back for a Little Rock every day in. Yeah. And I serviced it the other day, and I checked it, and it had 567,000 miles on it. Hey, I think it tried to work. I think it tried to work. Hello, okay. Richard. Hey, that's me. Yes, hey, sir. go ahead, man. How you doing? I went in Derek, but anyway, uh, Alan, you know who I am, and you and Dr. Joe off the air, and he knows who I am. I'm Richard. Yes, but, sir. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll tell you who I am, but uh, I, I don't need to tell who I am, but you know me, Alan. Mm. And you're a great guy, and you're a great server to the state of Arkansas. Well, thank and you. And you've done a great job. But uh, my question is is that uh, I've, I've asked about a, a 2005 Honda Accord. It's got the uh, big motor in it. and The uh, the V6 yet, or the big four-cylinder? The big four-cylinder. Okay. And uh, what it was doing, it would uh, run real good, and then it would hiccup. And then my check engine light come on, and we thought it was going to be the injectors, um, but then it cleared up. Um, it cleared up in about three or four days, and it happened like two times in the last six months. Then it cleared up, and it hadn't acted up since then. But what do you think about the EGR valve? Would that cause that same thing? Because it has not messed up since then. What code was um, in it when I, they did I drove it? it? Do what? What code was in it when they when they checked it? I have no clue. Oh, you have no okay. If, no, if it's got no, a if it's got no, a P three hundred code in it. Hello. Yeah, I said that. I don't know what the code was. Okay, if it, it, if it has a P three hundred code in it, it's going to be a misfire code, and that could be a coil, a coil pack, or it could be a right. spark plug. It even could be your ECM. Because right. the ECM has a driver in it that drives each coil pack. Right. It could be one of them, you know. You need to take it someone that can go into it and look at the information that the computer has it's saved. It's in no, there. Joe, Joe, Joe do that for me, but I'm, I'm yeah. just saying that. They just say, but it hadn't messed up since. Yeah, and that's like, the thing. It's hard to fix it if you can't catch it messing up. Right. It ain't messed up in eight months. So Yeah, and, um, and, but, and the thing about that is you may get in and take off in the next two minutes and it mess up, and then it may not mess up again for another six months. You know, it, And that's what it so, um, yeah. but he just said that it could be the EGR valve. It could be the EGR valve popping open, and it, and that'll cause the same thing. That it causes. Is that it, a very expensive? Is that expensive uh, fix? Mm, what year model? You say it's 05? That EGR valve is a couple hundred dollars, I think. Yeah. And it's a couple yeah. hours of labor to put it in. You'll probably spend five hundred dollars or so time you get it put on, tax and all. Yeah, but I'm saying it just ran perfect ever since then, and then I'm trying to figure out what it was. And then I thought it was a coil pack, but then um, they said, well, it could be the EGR valve. Yeah, there, there's about four or five things, you know. First thing you need to do is get the code out of it and see what code's in it. 
and then okay. you can you can do may have to do a little research online and you know do a little you know, talking. But if you get the code out that. of it, that's what you and Joe are for. Yeah, yeah. Take it by Joe over and see him, and uh, he'll pull the code out of it, and then we'll figure out what's going on with it. Yeah, but I just asked him if that could be happening because it hadn't happened in like eight months. But it did. It did it like two months in a row. Then it, it's not happening in the last eight months. So and it could be EGR sticking it. Could take it out and clean it, and put it back in. Yeah, because they've okay. been known to carbon up, you know, get get carbon up on there, and it causes them to stick. And when it does, it it dumps all the vacuum off of everything. When it dumps the vacuum off, then it it'll start missing. Right. It's just like right. one, I like with a wide open vacuum leak. Really, just like it, like you get a, a hose off of one of those. Old... Yes, sir. Okay. All I right. love y'all show. Appreciate you. Thank you for what you do. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Well, you know, it never fails. My car always runs the absolute best when I pull up in front of the garage. All right, we got Derek. Derek, you there with us? Hey, guys. Thanks hey. for taking my call. Yes, How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Man, can't complain. Size it's raining. Awesome. Yeah, me too. Well, hey, I've got a question for you. This weekend, uh, I'm going to be inheriting a 1965 Mustang convertible. Uh, it's got the 289 motor in it, and it's all original. It's got three-speed um, in the floor? Uh no, well I think it's got the three speed automatic. Oh okay, the, the cruise matic mm-hmm. Um and so anyway, it's been sitting for uh, probably three or four years in my aunt's garage. Mm-hmm. Um and before she parked it, it was running a little rough. But I think that's just because she didn't drive it that often. Yeah, um, you know, it probably was, don't get drove, but to the grocery store and back. Yeah, yeah I, I mean she she just kind of took it out whenever she it was convenient for her. You know, she never did it. Often it was often enough for the gas to sit in it, sit in it and get bad. But um, I was just curious what I need to do, some steps I need to take to uh, try and get it started again and get it running. First thing you need to do, pull the fuel tank off and clean it. Okay. Second thing you need to do is flush all the fuel lines out. Pull the carburetor off. That should have a two-barrel motorcraft carburetor on it. Could have a mm-hmm. holly on it, but should have a two-barrel motorcraft on it. Tear it apart and put a kit in it, and then okay. start it. Okay. Uh, but the first thing you want to do is clean the fuel tank. Okay. Do I need to worry about uh, changing oil and, and stuff like that before oh, yeah. I get it started? I, or uh, I just make sure it's full of oil and full of water and then crank it okay. up and, and run it, you know, get it up operating temperature and then change the oil and everything in it. Uh, okay. You know, but I'd go ahead and get it started, and then I'd go back and change the oil once I got it started because you're going to have some wash down where it's been sitting so long. And just then get it all running up, get up operating temperature, and then go back and change your oil and put you some new antifreeze in it, check all your hoses and your belts and everything. And you'll probably wind up putting a thermostat in it because it's probably going to want to stick a little bit or something or other. But, but the first thing you need to do is pull the fuel tank off and clean it because that's, that's where you need to start. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. And good luck on that Mustang. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great Mustang. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, in his situation, Alan, you know, uh, it's been sitting for three or four years. Right. You know what gasoline does nowadays. Yeah, it does. It gets, I meant to it's tell sticky. him. sticky. <laughs> I meant to tell him, be sure don't pour that around nowhere because you'll be smelling it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. That stuff is, it gets <clears throat> bad, nasty smelling. You get it on your hands, you can't get it off your hands. Yeah. You know what I found to get it off your hands with? What's that? Toothpaste. Toothpaste. Take your hands and put toothpaste on it, rub it together, and then wash it off. Yeah. See, now my wife is rolling because I'm always after her about these these home <laughs> remedies. She it's it's usually uh, 
uh, olive oil or uh, uh, something along those lines, uh, you know, it, it <laughs> never fails. You peel, She'll add that to her list now. You peel onions? Yeah. You know, you get smell on your hands. You yeah. don't dare rub your eyes? Go put toothpaste on your hands, rub them together, and wash it off with soap? Yeah. You won't have smell no more. Nice. I have to remember that. That's. I mean, I, diesel fuel. You get diesel fuel on your hands? Yeah. You cannot get that smell off your yeah, hands. Yeah, no. I used to always go to the house, squirt me some in each hand, yeah. rub them together, and put them under water and wash them off. Yeah. Now you oh do have God. a mini smell, a mint smell to your hands, but well, that's a whole lot better than the, <laughs> than the fuel smell. It's a whole lot better than than the diesel yeah. fuel smell, but it works. Well, you heard it here, folks. This is how to how to ta- how to get your uh, home remedy to get the the smell off your hands. Yeah. Onions are are fuel. Okay. Well, it's um, uh, if you know. You know what's coming now. We're fixing to get into some 80 and probably 90-degree days here in yeah. the next three or four or five weeks. Now's the time to get your AC checked on your car. You know, yeah. pull into me or Joe or, or any of the certified, you know, the, the bumper-to-bumper certified centers will be more than welcome to check it. See if you need any Freon in it. See if it's low. Check it. You know, just make sure you're ready to, to when it does get that 85-degree days and you reach over and flip it on, Yeah, you can ride cool. Yeah. There you Ain't go. Ain't nothing no worse than riding hot. Well, you're right about that. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to uh, uh, stop here and, and, and take some uh, uh, make some money real quick. And uh, um, we'll be back in just a few minutes. But before we do that, before we do that, we're going we're gonna to talk about, uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, air conditioning, um, windshield wiper blades, things like that. Just everyday maintenance of your car and and what the value is of some of these dealerships when you buy a car you've got a repair um uh cycle that you, that they want you to go through and things like that i'd yep. like to hear about that but right now we're going to take a break i'm alan kerr filling in for dave ellswick 101.1 the answer be right back Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick. Uh, Dave's uh, taking care of some stuff this afternoon and asked me to fill in for him. I've got here in studio, i got Duck with Duck's Garage from, uh, I think it's out in Benton. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we're talking everything, cars, tune-ups, and, and even more serious stuff. Uh, we can take your calls. we got a little time left uh, on this segment. We can take your call, uh, 501-823-0965. And um, you can ask Duck a uh, problem that you're having with your car. In the meantime, uh, we're talking about air conditioning and, and what to do uh, uh, to service your air conditioner. we got lots of heat. Everybody knows that uh, Arkansas has, <laughs> has unbearable heat, the humidity and everything else. They don't use Freon in air conditioner units anymore, do they, Duck? Uh, it's Freon, but it's a different kind of Freon than what it used to be now they it, you know they went from the r12 to the 134a well yeah. now we've gone to what they call a one two three four y y a or something i can't remember the exact it's supposed to be environmentally safe well well 134 134a was supposed to be safe too yeah i know <laughs> but you know and and the the thing about the the new new freon which is if you got a 2017 vehicle it's most likely in it right um it's bad expensive but the good thing about it is where they used to put three and four pounds in a vehicle mm-hmm. we put maybe 14 15 ounces in them now is that right yeah that's that's this new freon that's but, the way they designed it why does it cost me twice as much to put 
a fraction of it because it's <laughs> bad it expensive <laughs> because it's it's real bad expensive i mean like uh you know the 134a we buy it in a 30 pound drum all right you know we buy it in a 30 pound drum yeah well the new stuff is it comes in a 10 pound drum and it's about eight hundred dollars for a 10 pound drum plus you my gotta, goodness plus you got to have special gauges oh yeah a special machine. Well, it's kind of like iPhone. Every time they come out with a new one, you get, you can't use the same charger. <laughs> charger. You got to come out with new new. Uh, got to go buy something different. It's going crazy. On with, yeah, but, they done learn that stuff. But if you know, right now is the time you get your car into one of us service centers. You know, yeah. we're we're all in Central Arkansas. It's me and Joe, and and you got uh, Henry Atkins over at, at Logan's. You got Gary out at Mid State Transmission. Right. You got Daniel Kingwood Exxon. You know, you got all of us around here. Just pull it up and you can find us any of us come by we'll be more than welcome take a look at your car make sure that you know that you're ready to go for the winter you know make sure when summer gets here when your wife gets in and flips that air conditioner home she can ride cool yes sir Everybody, I, like, everybody. I like riding cool too i'm just yes, as sir bad. yeah me too but I, I especially want to keep my wife cool yeah and you know and, and right now is the time to be doing it because it's coming you know in another three or four weeks we'll be in them 80 90 degree days and yeah you know the humidity maybe won't be 100 degree 100 percent, but yeah you know it's probably going to be yeah you're in arkansas if you don't like it just hang around a few minutes it'll change to something yeah, else it does but it does. you know there you know if, if you're there uh now's the time to check all your tires and make sure that they're aired up because if you got a newer car you know what you got you got a light on the dash right saying hey i got a left rear tire that's low or you know or you got a you got a sensor that's gone bad in the wheels time to take care of that you know any of the service centers we can look at you you know look at them look at your brakes look at your belts look at your hoses mm-hmm. to make sure that you're 100 percent ready to go that your wife's not sitting out on the side of the road with a broke yes. belt or you know anything subject to happen at any time but you know the more maintenance you do alan you know this because you've yeah. worked on you know you've, you've done old cars in the absolutely. past absolutely uh the more maintenance you do the better off you are absolutely yeah you know always prevention yeah and right now they're, Nothing like a little insurance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right now you've got oil that's zero twenty weight oil. Yeah. You know, and you know, and and it's but but Alan, you can get five or six, seven thousand miles out of oil change nowadays. You know, I, I still don't trust that. We got another caller coming in. Yeah, we're gonna take a call real quick from Brian. Yeah. Hey Brian, you with us? Hello. I had a quick question. I'll ask it, and then I'll hang up. Okay. Um, with 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 the new blends and the synthetics these days, do you guys see any value anymore of running like a Duralube or Slick Fifty in cars? And I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. That's a really good question. He got a good question there. Mm-hmm. With this new oil, it has got so many different additives in it. Uh, the synthetic blend or the are the fully synthetic. You don't need any more additives. No, do you? you don't need no addict. I mean, yeah. uh, I've never been a big believer in putting additives in anyway. Yeah, uh, you know. But nowadays, this oil is so. I mean, they slick. So well, <laughs> yeah, it's so slick, and and they put you know they put all kind of additives in it. I mean, yeah. it's got from from detergent in it to uh, Teflon in it to yeah. anything you want in it. Just about it's in there, and. And you know, in most of these little four cylinder cars, doesn't heat up and degrade as fast as it used don't to. heat up and, and degrade. And and if you got a newer car and it, and and it's got to change oil light on the dash, yeah. When you change oil, you you, you redo that light. It's going to take into consideration. Hey, I set it to red light for three minutes, yeah. or it's set in front of my house and idle for ten minutes. Yeah, all that in consideration tell you when to change oil. 
My I don't even put a sticker on my truck. Is that right? I go strictly by what's on the dash. Is that right? When it comes up, tell me I get down ten percent. I go. Yeah. I change my oil. Well, yeah, but I, I don't know. I'm still old school. I can't hardly get myself to go past five thousand miles. Hey, it it took me forever to to, to yeah. break my. It used to be three thousand and three months. Yep. It whichever came first. Twenty five hundred miles. Then it went to three thousand. It's, it's five thousand or five months, and I just can't let myself get past that. I mean, there's some out there running seventy five hundred miles a month. Oh my god. Or seventy five hundred miles between oil changes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I'm like you. I could never bring man, but I did when I bought the newer truck. I yeah, you know, I decided. Well, I'm gonna try it and see if I get burned. I get burned, but yeah. it, you know, it, but but the computer takes in consideration. You know, if you're running down the interstate 80 mile an hour for for an hour, it right. takes that in consideration. And running down the interstate is not near as hard on oil as you running around town, going to the grocery right. store, turning it off, and getting back in it, starting and taking off again. It's not near as you know as hard on oil as it is. Right. But as far as uh, added the Slick 50 or the STP, no, you don't need to put none of that in it no more. Wow. I got one customer that's got a Peterbilt truck, and he's put Lucas in it ever since it was brand new. Is that right? And every time I service it, he brings me a gallon of Lucas, put this in my truck. Yeah. You know, and I do because that's what he wants. Yeah. But you know, with this new oil, you don't have to. Don't no really more. have to do that. No, yeah. But you don't have to. But yeah. You know, uh, it is. You know, if you go buy your oil change light when it come when it comes up and tells you, hey, <clears throat> you got ten percent left, it will come on at ten percent and flash right. at you. Then it's time to get oil change. You know. Yeah, it is. And well, make sure if it comes with five W twenty in it, put five W twenty back in it. Yeah. If it comes with zero twenty, put zero. Whatever it come in, that's what you need to make sure you run back in it. All right. Well, we just got a couple of minutes left. Uh, I do want to do a shout out to uh, uh, this is Administrative Assistance Day, <laughs> and uh, I've got a great one. Her name is Beth, and uh, I got had another one uh, in my previous business. Now works for my wife, and her name is Victoria. So both those girls are probably the best administrative assistants I've ever come across, and they do a great job. You got one of those, Duck? I got two. Do you? What are their got, names? Ashley is my secretary. She she takes care of the office, and then yeah. my my wife is the other one. She takes care of everything too. Yeah. See, I used to work with my wife all the time. Worked with her for thirty years. Isn't that the greatest thing? Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> she may be listening. Yeah, uh, she is. She's, how many years you've been married? Forty two years. Forty two. Let's make it forty three, Duck. Let's make 40, it forty three. Forty two years. Me and her have been married uh, Monday goodness gracious well we got uh just about running out of time here we're uh looking wanna... forward to the uh to the car show in uh in june june 2nd i think you said yep june the 2nd and uh at the expo center in conway yes sir you can go online and register online and just come on down and see us and yeah. we'll be there that is b2b.com yep or Thank... btb btb yeah btb yeah.com yeah, yeah all right duck it's been uh been Thank fun you, Alan. good to see you and good get, to see get, you get sir to know you. yes sir and uh i and come am, by whoever won the flashlight come by my shop i have it at my shop all right good deal i'm alan kerr filling in for dave ellswick we got a great segment on sports coming up right after this and uh, we're 101.1 the answer be right back with you good afternoon everybody this is our final segment for the afternoon i'm alan kerr filling in for dave ellswick dave is uh got some uh, some issues to take care of this afternoon and some stuff to do we uh we're filling in for him and uh, with me in, in studio this afternoon i've got some guys who want to talk sports i'm not a big sports guy but these guys are 
So you got to surround yourself with with intelligent people and knowledgeable people, and these guys these guys do it. Uh, with me is uh, Zach Kerr. He has a uh, YouTube. Um, what do you call that? A YouTube? It's actually a Facebook Live. Okay, Facebook We're Live. We're making the transition this summer Fa- into YouTube. Facebook Live. And uh, his is called Inside the Hog Pen. I have uh, Alex and Carter Galbraith. And uh, did I say that right? Galbraith? Okay. You did, yes. Yeah. Cool. And uh, <laughs> um, theirs is the gridiron expert. And we got a lot of exciting things happening in sports. Uh, first off, tomorrow is draft day. NFL Draft Day, right? So we were just talking about the movie, one of my favorite movies, Draft Day. Um, but uh, we're going to talk with these guys and and see what we've got, uh, what we got to expect. What do you think, Zach? I don't know. I you know we, this this year I haven't really kept up with the draft at all. I've, I've got to do some homework before uh, the first and the second round. But I will say this: watch out for Baker Mayfield going number one overall to the Browns, or at least being the first quarterback being drafted to the Browns. So the Browns got the. Got, you, you tell me the Browns had the the first pick. They do. I think they had the number one pick and uh, the number five pick. So they've got two really early first round picks for a team that went zero and sixteen last year. That's going to be huge. Now, of course, the Browns always end up with. A very high draft pick, and they usually miss out on the big name player. But uh, you know, some people think this could be the year that they are able to change that a little bit. Well, just because you got the big name player, though, doesn't mean that you're gonna you're gonna have the best team. No, well, no, 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 no wait no, a minute, no. no, wait a minute. This is the Browns. This is like the Redskins from the early two thousands, where they take that first round player. And you never hear from them again. Oh yeah, that's how it always yeah. works. You've seen the uh, the infamous uh, jersey with all the quarterback names on there. As as well, not only that, now. if you think about it, I mean, Peyton Hillis had to get out of out of uh, out of Cleveland. Um, who's the, the quarterback out of A and M? Johnny Football, uh, Johnny Manziel. Well, he was doomed from the start. Well, we'll start yeah, that's that. true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not going to touch on that. one. What do you think, Carter? Well, I mean. Talking NFL draft, one thing that everybody's saying is to look out for all the quarterbacks. I mean, there are so many good quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen going in, and everybody thinks that's what the Browns are going to do. But I have to disagree with you, Zach, that they in the offseason they traded the Bills for, what's his name, Ty- Tyrod Taylor. Yep. They got Tyrod Taylor, and he's he's a young quarterback, He's but he's experienced enough. And as much as I'd like to say that the Browns need a quarterback, I don't think they will. I think they're going to take um, Saquon Barkley. That, I was just going to fix and say, watch them either because you know they get that the, the first and the fifth pick. So watch out for them. They're either going to take that number one overall, and they're going to pick Baker Mayfield, and then take Saquon Barkley because he's that running back out of Penn State. Now I think they take Barkley first. I don't think there's any chance they're able to land Saquon Barkley, and, and here's why. First off, they will draft a quarterback with the number one overall pick, and I'll disagree with both of you that they're not going to draft Mayfield, uh, or who'd you say, who would you have going number Saquon one? Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, number one. They're going to draft Sam Darnold at number one. What? Uh, they're going to draft Sam Darnold, and, and as much as I would hate to see that, because I do not think he's the top quarterback in this year's draft. It's what the Browns do. I think his build... Uh, and when he's on, he's on. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. Turnovers have been a problem for him, uh, and, that, and that's one cause of concern. I feel that Josh Allen from Wyoming is actually the top quarterback in this draft out of all of them. They're not going to get Saquon Barkley unless they move up from that number five spot, much like the Bears and 49ers did last year. Right. Bears were the three pick, and I think the 49ers were second. They swapped places just so the Bears could get Mitchell Trubisky, the quarterback. Browns won't get them. Saquon Barkley, if he's still on the board at number five, something's wrong. I think he'll end up going 
uh, early to the Giants, uh, number two perhaps. But Sam Darnold, I think, is who the Browns are going to take with the first pick. Okay, so you guys know I'm a big Cowboy fan, and I'm going to say this, and I'm probably going to catch some backlash Here we for go. it. I don't know why they, they released Des Bryant, but the I last do. time I, – uh, I, I do. I just don't want to admit it as a Cowboy fan. But, uh, you know, the, the one thing I read – I read an article today coming from the Dallas Cowboys – the last time they're looking at trying to draft uh, Josh Rosen at a UCLA. The last time they drafted a UCLA quarterback, it was Troy Aikman, and it worked out pretty well. I don't know. I, I like our quarterback situation right now with um, uh, Dak Prescott, and I forget his backup. It's uh, uh, anyway. But uh, <laughs> you see these people in the NFL nowadays. You're like, oh yeah, this quarterback, this quarterback. Well, then you the name off the second, and you're like, who? Yeah, but uh, yeah. I, I like I like I probably like Josh Rosen going to the to uh, to Dallas. Okay, so you're just giving up on Dak? No, no, not at all. <laughs> Dak's my man. Dude. I mean, this is only going to be his third year. Dak's my man. He exactly. I didn't say Josh was going to start. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, when you take Josh Rosen, basically, you know, Dak, your time is up soon. No, but Josh Rosen is not going to go that late. Yeah, that, that's, I think the, no, that's, that's the nineteenth pick 19. in the draft. He's Josh not Rosen, be, go that I, late. and I agree, Josh Rosen will be gone long before then. No. But, but I think we need more of a. Set. He'll still be in the big money. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I think uh, um, we need to look at it. At, a couple of wide receivers and probably a defensive backfield is what the Cowboys need more than anything. Yeah, I'm thinking if you're going to go wide receiver for the Cowboys, and for uh, being a New England Patriots fan myself, I think we're in desperate need for a wide receiver ourselves. We need to draft, uh, or the Cowboys need to draft, Cortland Sutton. He's a, a solid wide receiver out of SMU, very close to Dallas. Uh, that's something they that they need to really look into. He's got big height, uh, very similar to Des Bryant, I think. You know, a lot of people are saying that Calvin Ridley from Alabama's the top wide receiver in this year's draft, and he is very talented, very quick, much smaller than Cortland Sutton. That's who the Cowboys need to go for. If you want them to get Josh Rosen, they're going to have to make some trades to get up into like the top three because I think Rosen's going number three to the Jets. Hey, it's wishful thinking. That's all I'm saying. Of course, yeah. Okay. I know we're not talking about Razorbacks right now, but I've heard rumors, and I'd, I'd actually like this if – Frank Ragnall, the center from I've Arkansas, heard, I've heard about that. to the Cowboys. His, his draft stock is rising, and he yeah. could be either a late, first, late mid to late first rounder. Yeah, that's what. And, are and so far. that would make my day if he be, if he was drafted by uh, by Dallas. Okay, yes. well we're gonna we're gonna uh, stop here in just a minute and take a <laughs> pause to make some money uh, and, and and do a commercial break. But uh, Zach, you had some. Uh, um, you had a GoFundMe page that yeah. you wanted to so, mention. Yeah, so uh, a friend of mine at work, uh, he's got a four-and-a-half-year-old. His name is Hayden. Um, he's got a, there's a, uh, um, he's battling a acute lymphoblastic leukemia, type B. And what that is is kind of a bone uh, blood cancer. It's yeah. um, uh, his white blood cell count's not really, not really producing as well. But um, uh, he's got a GoFundMe page. It's going to be linked to our our. Facebook page inside the hog pen, as well as my personal page. Um, it's called Jedi uh, Hayden's Jedi Master Training. Is their Facebook page? You can track his his uh, progress Hayden's, there. Hayden's Jedi yep. Master Training. H e i d e n. Okay. Jedi Master Training. He is a huge Star Wars fan. No so kidding. All my Star Wars fran- fan friends that are listening, go help him out and uh, 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 give him a shout out there and. and uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll appreciate it. My goodness. Okay. Well, our thoughts and prayers are with him, and I appreciate that. Uh, we're going to pause right here and uh, for a commercial break. This is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick, 101.1 The Answer. We'll be right back with you. 
All right, we're back. Uh, we got the uh, the gridiron expert, and uh, we got Zach. What's your what what what? What's the name of your your program? <laughs> I am Razorback Zach. Razorback I, I, uh, Zach. I host uh, Inside the Hog Pen live on Facebook Wednesdays at six six p.m. I also I also host another one. It's a regional one for the whole entire SEC. Well, called you're spreading out. Well, hey, you know, <laughs> I, as I said last time we were on here, uh, it is called the SEC Uncensored Show. It's brought to you by the SEC Uncensored Facebook page. They're uh, uh, they're gracious enough. They saw the uh, the inside the hog pen, and they're like, "We we got to have you. We, we do an SEC show." So yeah, nice. Okay. Well, we were talking about the draft, weren't we? Oh yeah. Yes. NFL the, the military or the NFL draft? No, the NFL. <laughs> that, that there's no such thing military draft anymore. Thank goodness. <laughs> right. Uh, See, so yeah, there. All you boys would be lined up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Man, not good. <laughs> That's not good. Okay. I, I've done that. I've done that. Go once. Yeah. There you go. So, NFL draft. Um, where were we? Um, we were talking about the Cowboys, and yeah. we had segued, and I'm just going to say this. I'm hoping and praying Tom Brady does not come back. Really? Oh, I think that's already been he's announced. Already, he's he already is. coming he's back. Like, Has he announced it? Yes. I haven't caught it. I knew, it's pretty, uh, pretty certain. I knew Rob Gronkowski yeah. said he was coming back, and yeah. I knew if he came back, then Brady was. But. Yeah. Yeah. I think his wife made him an offer he couldn't refuse. In other words, I she said no. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey. <laughs> You know, but uh, I, I got a request on one of our on, on uh, the inside the hog pens uh, Facebook page. Who do you think the Broncos are going to pick? The Broncos? Oh, they're in, like well, they have they. What pick are they? Six, um, seventh, somewhere around there. They're pretty high up. They're they, decent. Yeah, but they have fifth pick. Fifth yeah. pick. Okay, so I was wrong about the Browns, but um, a lot of people think that the Broncos could sneak up there or hope that he falls enough and grab a quarterback with Josh Allen uh, from Wyoming, which I would really like that pick. Broncos need a quarterback. Who's their quarterback now? I know they got one. Didn't they take Os- back? Didn't they um, think Osweiler? Yeah, and they then... got Osweiler back, didn't they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did get Osweiler back. And they have Simeon back there, too, who was the starter. Yeah, Trevor Simeon, that's the one I was thinking of. None of those guys were very good. You know, Osweiler did a great job that year. They made the Super Bowl run. Then he tanked, you know, got paid, what, $72 million to go to Houston <coughs> and uh, was terrible there. They need if they want a quarterback, Josh Allen's the man because I think Darnold's taking number one, Rosen's second, third to the Jets. You're looking at Mayfield and Josh Allen left if you're top four quarterbacks. And uh, Josh Allen's definitely the best one if he's not taken earlier. So I think they're going to snag a quarterback. You know, last time we were on here, you were, we were trying to figure out who was going to make the Super Bowl last year and, or next year. And uh, I'm going to tell you now, watch out for L.A. Watch out for the Rams. Yeah. They are quietly yes. building over there. Exactly. They're making some moves that have blown me away. Their, their, yeah. defense, their defense is extremely stacked going into next year. They you know, scare me. I've seen this too many times where teams have a surprising great year. But then the following year when the expectations are heaped on them, then basically they tank. Why are so you I'm dissing not, my Cowboys? Well, yeah, I was about to say, just like the Cowboys. Why are you like just got to throw my Cowboys under the bus like that? Cowboys? Because could be the Rams? Because he's a Patriots man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go he's ahead and apologize man. now. Uh, yeah. No, but he's right, though. You know, you got teams that have way too high of expectations and it might get to their team a little bit. And then when they start, you know, they lose a couple games or something like that, mm-hmm. they, uh, things start to fall apart. So. I, don't, I don't mean to segue, but it kind of sounds like our Razorbacks. Every year, every year. Every I mean, year, yeah. if, well, <laughs> if you for the last five years, if you well, I mean, and and if you think about it, when when the hog when when the preseason comes out, everybody's hyped up, you know, and especially with Brett Bielema. When he came in, he was Brett Bielema's the man. He's going to bring us to an SEC title, 
and we were building to it, and then he just kind of plateaued at seven and six. I don't know if we were ever yeah. building towards anything yeah, with say, him. I mean, at, he at may, he may have promised an SEC championship, or hey, I'm going to get you guys something that you want. But no, we right. we were never. Did you guys go to the spring game at War Memorial? Yes, we, we did. did. Yeah. It was cold. I I don't think yes. I have ever been to a more, a more freezing football game. Outside of that uh, was that was one of the coldest games. I went to it the. It was sleeting. Uh, That's yeah, why it was, it was the it was the it was the coldest game next to CAC state championship game my senior year yeah. in 05. That game was cold, but this one was even colder. Yeah, I went to the 2010 Liberty Bowl when we played East Carolina. That was by far it was colder than the spring game. But it was it was close. But yeah, yeah Hog, it was, Hogman, it was rough. Hogman, who's my co-host on uh, Inside the Hogpen, he and I went to uh, the 2015 Liberty, Liberty Bowl, Bowl yeah. against K State. It was pretty cold there, but it, was, and it wasn't anywhere near now, that. Though I, I say that to say this: there was only seven thousand people. It was the lowest attended spring game uh, in the conference. Here's the curveball I was telling you guys about off air. Does that have an effect on the future of War Memorial? Right, wait, yeah. before you say anything, I'd just like to say. When people look at the title spring game, they expect it to be the weather of spring, not not January. Well, where this it's is leading. Arkansas, so I mean it's unpredictable, but yep. still. You know how they you know how they say if you don't like the, Arkan- the weather in Arkansas, give it about two hours. But for seven thousand well, people to show up in that kind of temperature, that's, those conditions, that's saying that's, something. That's saying well, something. But okay, okay. In all fairness, it was colder in Fayetteville than it was here. Very true. True. Very true. Yeah. True. So, so if so, they'd had it in Fayetteville, you know, you have it, this, you have this new administration. I don't think you'd have had any any better. Uh, I, any I, better I don't think would not have drawn you'd, you'd have probably no. drawn ten tops. Yeah, ten tops. But you have this new administration in Hunter Urechek. And for the record, that is the first time I have been able to say his name the right way. Hunter <laughs> um, Urechek. Yeah, okay. and you have you have the head football coach Chad Morris. You know, are we going to see? Just the spring game, and is that going to count towards the Little Rock game, or are we going to see? I, I you know, we had, we had talked about this a couple of months ago when the discussion first came out. The reason the attendance has been so low at these the the, the in season War Memorial games is we're playing we're not playing anybody. The game right. was an FCS team we on a to, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we used to play teams like Georgia. The LSU. first the first game at War Memorial I ever went to was two thousand five, uh, Mississippi State. That was a packed house. And then you yes. get to August 31st, 10 years, you know, uh, three years later in 2018, or 2017, excuse me. Uh, uh, my math's wrong. Uh, it's been it's a long day. Okay. It's been a long day. Well, let, let's Whatever. take a look at this logically. Isn't uh, the whole purpose of games to fill seats? Yeah, to put okay. fans in the stands. Right. So how many seats compared to Fayetteville does War Memorial have? Uh after Razorback, their new renovations, much less. Well, right now, Razorback Stadium holds about seventy-two thousand. Where War okay. Memorial, War Memorial only holds fifty-four. Yeah, five. about there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're looking at sold-out games, isn't it better to sell one out that has more seats than my it is one down here? That is, yes. My argument to that is, you look at the games we've had, and look at the quality of the teams that we've had in the in recent years. We went four and eight last year. You know, at, we're always average. So there's no way, you know, people complain about War Memorial not filling up, so why don't we make more money by sending games up to Fayetteville? With a bad team, you're not going to sell out a Fayetteville crowd. With a Florida A&M team coming down, you put that game up in Fayetteville, they're not going to uh, sell out that crowd. I don't care. Especially if it's not on a Thursday night. No. Not on a Thursday night either. So there, yep. you know, there's so many arguments about that. Like, well, if we had this game up in Fayetteville, we'd have way more seats. You would make a little bit more money, but you wouldn't sell it out. I don't remember the last time 
Razorback Stadium was sold out. May have been Alabama in 2016. Definitely Alabama in 2010. But we don't sell out very often. Yeah. And like I said, you got to look at the quality of the team. No one's going to come out to support a failing right. Razorback team. Unfortunately, that's the well, case. Well, I, I think they ought to. I think they ought to have um, Razorbacks play ASU in War Memorial. <laughs> that would be a perfect storm. But there it, you go. Going back on your point, it all goes comes down to we have gone without a champion, and I said this the last time. We've gone without a championship for so long. We've gone without a true winning record for so long. It's that instant gratification. We won an SEC West title this year. We won an SEC title this year. That's we what won every team wants, though. But it, with Arkansas fans, it's bad. True. Yeah. It is That's bad. True. I have not seen it this bad. They're turning on every coach the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. The, the, go ahead. I was just saying, who's going to be the starting quarterback? That is a very good question, and I, that's the other curveball I was going to throw. Could we see, and I, I before the phone lines blow up, could we see a true freshman at quarterback in Connor Nolan? No, I say, I like, when I was at the spring game, I liked how Ty Story looked. He, I mean, compared to Cole Kelly, who they say that he's better than Ty Story because he played more last year, Ty Story looked a whole lot better than Cole Kelly did. In, in you know, they're comparing. And they're comparing Cole Kelly, and, and this is one of the reviews that I was reading on on uh, uh, YouTube or listening to on YouTube. They are comparing him to a much slower, but if he puts on weight, a much slower Cam Newton. The offense, the spread offense. There, you know, everybody thinks, oh, it's going to be run heavy. It's not kind of what we saw on that Saturday, but. Well, I- I will say we ran the ball quite a bit. This offense better suits Cole Kelly. He is slow. I think Ty Story is the better option as of now. From what I saw, they say the stats were identical between the two during the spring game. Uh, I know that uh, Ty Story was much um, looked much better than he Cole did. Kelly. Okay, guys, we uh, we we got about thirty seconds. Uh, before we have to go to break. I'll give you this about Ty Story. He looked a little bit more comfortable in a pocket at, during the spring game than yeah. he did last year at yeah. any point. We come back Absolutely. from break. We're going to take some phone calls and, uh, and, and hash this out over the airwaves. This is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick, 101.1 The Answer. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, this is Alan Kerr. We're back. Uh, it's filling in for Dave Ellswick this afternoon. We've got a pretty exciting show. Um, we've got these fellas here that are talking uh, sports this afternoon. We've got Alex and Carter Galbraith from uh, the Gridiron Expert. And we've got Razorback Zach. Um, and I, his show is the hog pen, inside the hog pen. That I is finally correct. got it right. That okay. is correct. Finally got it right. We're going to start taking phone calls so you can argue with these guys. Uh, the phone number is 501-823-0965. Uh, give us a call back. Give us your opinion. We'd like to hear it. Uh, everything uh, sports. We're talking, uh, what are we on right now? We're, we've left the draft. We're talking Razorbacks. We're kind of talking the spring game and uh, whether or not they're going to keep the games at War Memorial or uh, not. Yes. And yes. Uh, we were talking off air about um, just a few minutes ago during the break. We were talking about the, the updates that need to happen for uh, for them to actually keep a decent game at War Memorial, it's I get it. It's a it's a um, a staple of the city of Little Rock, and, and I've heard that they're going to try to you know demolish it like they did uh, Ray Winder, and they're going to make you know they're going to do this with it. Why not put that money into renovating it? Because who's going to drive all the way from like Camden, El Dorado, Texarkana, all the way up to Fayetteville? 
I mean, well, but after a while, it, it you you throw good money after bad. You can only renovate something so long before it it just becomes unusable, and uh, um, you know, you're you're really never going to bring it up to standards that you need in this day and time, especially I, for the TV and uh, I think, audiences. I agree, and I, I think, but well, but I mean, nowadays that we're in the digital age, where most people now are going to want to sit at home and watch the, sh- the, the, the the game rather than actually go to it. Well, don't you think the folks in Fayetteville would like to see their game on TV just like we see theirs here? We're the, I, and, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, we're the only Division One football team that has two, te- I that's two home stadiums. Yeah. Well, here's what I've heard from uh, some articles I've been reading, just talking to people. Uh, I don't know if y'all knew this. Governor Hutchinson, he appoints the board of directors for Fayetteville. Yeah. Right. For the guys I've, that, I've make the, that. that make the big decisions, you know, <laughs> coaching hires, athletic director, all that. Uh, so he appoints those people. And uh, Governor Hutchinson has come out and said that he wants games to stay here in Little Rock. Because uh, there, were, there were rumors that this would be the last year we had them facing off against Ole Miss and then we'd be done. And so I he, think it was v- Vanderbilt next year is our last one. Maybe. No. Yeah, no, no. no this there year, rum- we played Vandy this year up in uh, up in. Uh, oh, that's right. Okay. The rumors yeah, that yeah. this year was going to be Vanderbilt, but they said Ole Miss. Okay, so yeah, that's right. That's right. Which is a solid game, and uh, so there's that. Hunter Urechek, new AD, has come out and said that he would like to keep the games under rot. And the board's supposed to meet sometime between now and towards the end of May. And I heard they're going to meet a few times before then to decide on that. It sounds very positive that they're going to want to be keeping games here. And sure, there might be some renovations that need to be made. I don't know what else you can do to War Memorial though. We're not going to add more seats. That would take way too long. Uh, we have it the press box that we still have. That's only uh, a couple years old. It's, it's not a couple years old, but it's, it's still solid. It's a little bit it's, older than you think. It's, yeah, I know. But it's, it's still I mean, a very solid still, press box. Yeah. Very nice up there. Uh, you know, the scoreboards, I think, are working fine. For, for a stadium that doesn't host a game every weekend, maybe once or twice a year, it does the job. And uh, so I've heard rumors that we might be able to keep that, that we might have Ole Miss as a uh, as a permanent team like we used to have Mississippi State and LSU. And I also heard that maybe starting next year or in the next few years, uh, Missouri, day after Thanksgiving, uh, could be our permanent team to uh, come play us in Little Rock. I honestly don't see that one moving from Fayetteville. Just well, because just because of the mileage and everything. But, you know, and, and again, I'm, I'm going to show my age here, but I remember back in the maybe the late 90s before they went down there were two games in, in uh, at war memorial oh yeah there was there was always there was always a non conference and then you always had you know a month maybe a month and a half later towards the end of the yeah. season you had that LSU game and it was that was always the staple yeah, it was like that up until 2012, 2013, and then they started to die down to one game. And for a little bit, we even had solid teams for that solid one game. And then after that, it started getting down to those really bad Sun Belt opponents or FCS opponents, something like that, that people just don't want to show up for. And you know, I go oh, ahead, go ahead. All right, I, uh, <laughs> you go. Okay, uh, some of the things I, I took a I took a quick poll uh, about four months ago when this whole discussion came up. And uh, uh, some of the things that, that people had told me was it counts as an away game. You can't have you can't have recruits, so that's going to hurt recruiting there. Um, you're not. They say you're not going to have a big enough turnout because it's only fifty five thousand people. But if yeah, you, when you give us an FCS team, of course you're not. going to Yeah, have a turnout. but I mean, you know, even if that's a packed house and you've got fifty five thousand people in that stadium with another, I'm just going to guesstimate ten thousand people on the golf course still from from tailgating. I've been out on that that golf course when there's only thirty thousand people in that stadium, and it it rocks. Especially if they're if it's an SEC school, it that stadium is rocking. So, but uh, and then you, like I said, the low attendance. You know you can't have recruits, low attendance. 
and and it counts as an away game. You know, so those are some of the contributing factors, and that's some of the things that they're looking at. But all right, so one of the, but right back to when you were saying they can't take away the Missouri game from Fayetteville and move it to War Memorial. The thing I have to say about that is after it's the day after Thanksgiving and Fayetteville, as big of a stadium as it is, and as big of a stadium as it is going to be this year after the renovations. It's not going to be packed after the day after Thanksgiving. I mean, I can, I've seen that the past couple of years that we've been playing them. It does not sell out. It doesn't even get close to selling out. This, and it's going to look even worse with the brand-new renovated stadium, and it's not going to be even close to being filled up compared to where it was. But the day after Thanksgiving, where it was with LSU and at War Memorial, it's going to fill up because people will go to the game in Little Rock compared right. to what they will in Fayetteville. Yeah, so let me ask you this. Who's a bigger rival right now for us? Is it us and Missouri or us and LSU? I think I'm going to go us and LSU because it's longer. LSU. It, it's I mean, still LSU. They're yeah, trying. They're LSU. really trying to force that Missouri rivalry, and I think it will get there. We've only been playing Missouri now for what? This will be the fourth Since year? Four, yeah. So 2014. The one team that I want us to see start playing again? Texas. Well, of course. Yeah. That's what everybody, everybody wants to well, I think we're supposed to be facing them in like 2021, 20, somewhere around there. All right, well, we're going to have a few minutes before we have to go to break. What is uh, what does the public think? 501-823-0965. Give us a call to listen to what you think, uh, if you got any questions for these gentlemen. Um, so, so we, we, we've kind of worked that to death. What uh, um, What's on the horizon? Razorback basketball. Razorback basketball. Already? It is Didn't a, we just finish that? It's is not it on the horizon. We're actually gonna we're actually gonna look at it. We've got a couple of developments that happened earlier today. Um and and we it's caveating with what we had talked about last the last time we were up here. Uh and the epic collapse against Butler. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, extremely <laughs> it was epic. Extremely that was yeah, that yeah, that hurts. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, you know, you take a team. We the way we finished the season, beating uh, Florida in the SEC tournament. I, I feel like we got slighted a little bit, not getting the sixth seed. Uh, the way we finished, you beat South Carolina, you beat Florida. I think we closed the win, uh, season with like eight out of ten wins. Some like eight of the last ten games we won, and we got a seven seed, which was a fine seed, but should have been a six. Florida got a six, who we killed. Well, and I was doing, I was looking over my bracket um, just after the tournament, and uh, Butler was theoretically an eight seed they were right on the verge with us but where they were supposed to be placed there was already a couple of biggies teams in in that bracket so they had to move them over if we'd have beaten and i'm gonna tell you this and and the public can disagree with me if they want to if we'd have beaten butler the way we were supposed to we were primed to beat that two seed at purdue their their big guy their big guy was out and injured we could have i mean we could have over i'm not gonna say we could have overpowered it or it had been a blowout or anything like that but we were we were in a good spot to at least make it to the Sweet 16. Quite honestly, this is the most underachieving team I have seen in the last 15 to 20 years since I've been watching Razorback basketball. With all the hype that they had at the beginning of the year before the season even started with Macon and Barford coming back, yeah, that was just the way that they performed. The you past, had seven yeah. seniors on this team. Seven seniors. Yeah. And you're playing like freshmen. Yeah. yeah, after the way we finished the year before, almost beating North Carolina... Their motto was a bunch of unfinished business. We had unfinished business. And this was the year, seven seniors, which is very uncommon in college basketball nowadays, to get to the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight make our deepest run that we've had in a while. And they definitely overachieved. I don't know if it got to their head. They were they were not a selfish team by any means. It just well, you know, and we had that we had that PK eighty tournament, and uh, Hogman and I talked about this throughout the season. You go in, you have the opportunity to face them again, 
you have them on the ropes again, and you just let you, you just let it slip from you. I think that played into it mentally that that you had that second shot within. I, I want to say that PK eighty tournament was what right there at the beginning of the season. It was back in November. Yeah, it was like yeah. two, six or seven games in, and uh, he and I both were, were in agreement that that it's uh, it, you go on the road and that, and it's it's a mental game. You know, you're away from Bud Walton and and um, um, somebody else had said this, and I can't remember who. You're, when you're away from Bud Walton and you make a shot, nobody says. I mean, that 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 arena is quiet. But if you hit a shot a three inside of Bud Walton, the pl- the roof comes comes off of it. Why so, is that? You're at home. Okay. Nobody nobody cheers for you when you're not at home. Have you seen some of these crowds? No. Okay. I can guarantee <laughs> you that if we had the chance, if this this year especially, if North Carolina had come to Bud Walton, we would have won. No doubt in my mind that if they had come down to Fayetteville, we would have yeah, won that game. I think the turning point, I mean, at least at least in the non-conference, our, that game against Houston is the one that did it. I mean, we put yeah, a, we, coming it. out of the PK-80, you put a whooping on on uh, UConn, which, again, they're, they were low low down. Okay. But uh, you go into Houston and get beat by 30? Something like that. Yeah. It, was, it was embarrassing. I think that, I think that played a big mental part in, in the, the way the season unfolded from there okay well, we're going to pick that up again here in just a few minutes we got one more uh, uh commercial to go through here uh this is alan kerr uh filling in for dave ellswick 101.1 the answer we'll be right back after these messages there. Is it time to panic? good afternoon our last segment for our last hour of the dave ellswick show this afternoon i'm alan kerr filling in for dave ellswick we're here with uh uh, Razorback Zach and uh, the Gridiron experts. Razorback Zach is uh, inside the hog pen is his blog. Uh, we're talking everything sports, and uh, uh, Alex is uh, going to lead us off for this segment. Yeah, so uh, we're going to touch a little bit on Razorback uh, baseball just a little bit since uh, we have a very solid team this year, and a lot of the questions that's been going around is, is it time to panic about Razorback baseball? And I'll go ahead and say it is not even close to being time to panic for Razorback baseball. I know a lot of people are worried uh, that we got swept by Mississippi State on the road, and, and the headlines all say, swept by Mississippi State, the worst team in the SEC West. Well, if you did your research a little bit, you can go look down, and yes, they are last in the standings. However, they have a fairly solid record and uh, are still on the bubble to make the NCAA tournament. So while they are the worst team in the SEC West, they're still not that bad of a team, and they just beat Ole Miss uh, just yesterday or two days ago, and, uh, and the Ole Miss was ranked in the top ten as well. Also yesterday, we dropped from the number seven after that loss uh, to Mississippi State. Texas Tech came into town, ranked number four, beat them five to one. And game two of that series is tonight. So, actually, game two of that series has been canceled due to rain. Has been canceled. All right, so this breaking news. But nonetheless, <laughs> five to one win over the number four team in the country. We play much better at home, much like we do in basketball. Playing much better at home. Maybe that's something to be cause of concern because we're not going to have. Uh, we'll probably host a Super Regional, uh, assuming we keep the success up. But once we make the College World Series, hoping we get there, that's, of course, in Omaha, uh, we won't be at home. So that's something to be maybe a little bit of a cause of concern is can we win away from home enough to make a College World Series run? Uh, but like I said, we should be at home all the way up until that point, assuming we keep this up. So I'm not concerned about the baseball team unless they start slipping a little bit. Uh, this is by far Dave Van Horn's best baseball team he's had probably in his uh, career at Arkansas. So if we want to make the College World Series and potentially win it for the first time, uh, this is the year to do it. One of the things I've noticed about Razorback baseball, and I've only been watching 
just a handful of years um, here here now. But uh, never, ever underestimate Dave Enhorn. Uh, that's one of the things I've learned very quickly is you count him down, you count him out, and next thing you know, you're playing Arizona State in the College World Series. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you've got guys like Blaine Knight, Casey Murphy, um, um, Carson Shaddy, Casey bon, Martin, yeah, Bonfield, Bonfield, Herstad. Yeah. You know, and these guys, these guys, I mean, 2.2, uh, 2.24 ERA for Blaine Knight. He's 6-0 and as a starter. So, I mean... You've got the talent. It's not a matter of, you know, because I was at Dickie Stevens for the Grambling, is it Grambling State? Yeah, Grambling State, yeah. Gambling State, Grambling State, I don't And one of the guys I was talking to, we just, we we overlook the teams. There there are moments that we overlook the team that we're supposed to supposed to beat. There was no reason why that thing should have been, was 7-6. to six. We tend to, we tend to overlook some teams that we think we should be able to handle easily, and I think that's the case for us. We and, do that in football yeah, and most sports. We do that. Yeah, and one thing we do have to keep in mind is that it is baseball. Now, a lowly team like Grambling State, you shouldn't have never been that close. But everybody freaks out when you lose one game to maybe a bad team or something like now, that. It's I, baseball. I it will happens. say this: I was at that game, and I know everybody's like, "Oh, the umpire! Oh, the referee!" The umpire hated us that night. The home plate umpire was blind that night. Yeah, I didn't catch any of that. I wasn't at the game. That was I, I. I lost half my voice. At that at that game, trying to figure out where the ref was looking, because hey. there was there was an out that he was, was looking missed. at his phone. <laughs> the rest of you, do. he was pro- no, I'm, 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 and I'm not hating on the guy, but he was he was probably looking at a to go menu somewhere. So you know, it, that's not bad. But uh, it because I, I I've you know Dave Van Horn was out of the dugout a couple times going what what's going on. Well, that's something I love about him, Dave Van Horn, and what he's done that constantly. He is not afraid to get he's in not afraid face. to get out there, argue with that home plate umpire. He's gotten thrown out a handful of times. He's a very passionate coach, and like you said, I think it's part of the reason that we should never uh, underestimate. I think he had his worst year two years ago. We failed to make the NCAA's. But yeah, and that was a very you know, that was one of his weaker teams. But, but the, you know, the next year we were back. I'm going to be honest. If that is one of his weaker teams, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't a bad record. It was just we lost some that we should have won. So, but to, um, yeah, there are times I wish we had um, um, Ben and and Spam Spamberger back. Oh, of course, that was no doubt. Those no were doubt. fun games to watch then. And uh, I, and I'm, I agree with you. They're not quite ready to panic yet. We've still got the series with A and M coming up. Um, we've still got Ala- uh, Alabama coming up this weekend, don't we? I think so. I think it is Alabama. Which and they're then, not that great either. No, but I mean, you can't take you. I, we've already lost series to, I believe, Florida, Ole Miss. We got swept by Mississippi State, like you said. But uh, I mean, you're not looking to sweep every series. I mean, you're going to drop one, even if you even no. if you go two and one. You know right. that that's okay. But going zero and three against against Mississippi State, who stat wise was the, is the lowest in the conference. It just it. It was just an off weekend. It's it okay. Was, yeah, it was shocking, but it happens. And those and those series losses to Florida and Ole Miss, too, keep in mind, Florida is the number one team in the country, or was the number one team in the country. They were at that time, at and the they time. were good. And they're, and they're still good. They're still going to be a contender for the College World Series. Ole Miss, I believe, is still a top-ten team. And both those series, we should have won. We made just 
you know, handful of mistakes, handful of errors that cost us, uh, you know, a decisive game. I think that last game against Florida on the road, we lost five to four. So, you know, no need to freak out of those. You know, the the, the media and, and things like that. They try to put that out there. You know, losing to the worst team. Well, not not really. Or you know, gets you know killed by Florida. Well, you got to do the research, look in the background. It's really not as bad as it really seems. I, I think we'll make it. I, 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 we're poised right now to, to to make the postseason and and do well. Oh, no doubt. We're a lock for the NCAA tournament. It's just how far we're going to go. I mean, this is the year to make the College World Series, and hopefully we don't underachieve. And, you know, you got a double elimination tournament, so we just got to hope for the best. Well, that's one thing that we also thought about basketball. I mean, this year we thought it was our year to go back to and make it to the Sweet 16, you know, not get swept or not get beat first first or second round, and then we go and perform like that. So Yeah, but, but about the basketball team, you know, you can't put that team squarely on the shoulders of two seniors. You have to have all five on the court. You know, Hogman, Hogman and I were talking about that, and if, if you get three out of the five firing, like Macon, Barford, and uh, uh, like a C.J. Jones before he decided to transfer to DePaul, which I'll never understand. You know, this team is lighting it up. I can tell you why they transferred. I can tell you exactly why. We've got a solid recruiting class coming in. I think 15th in the nation. Those guys, the fact they were getting a lot of minutes should have been an indication that they were going to play a huge role in Mike Anderson's offense coming in. They didn't want to compete. In my opinion, they didn't want to compete. They felt, I mean, they were going to be the leaders of this team. They were. They were going to be. You have an outside shooter in C.J. Jones. Darius Hall had some huge minutes and huge numbers off the bench. I don't. I think they were scared to compete and wanted to get out of there where they could, you know, be a bigger difference maker or be a bigger star, which is which is a shame. Yeah. Okay, guys, we got about three, two and a half minutes left. Um, give us the information on your your blog. Yeah. So we're the Gridiron Expert, Carter and I, Gridiron Expert on YouTube. Uh, we mostly focus on college football, all things college football analysis, predictions, uh, every now and then some guest speakers. So uh, go ahead, please go on there and like, comment, and subscribe. Please subscribe. We've, we're up to 900, I think 33 right now, so we'd like to crack uh, 1,000. And in the summer, we're going to have game-by-game uh, football predictions for every Power 5 team. So uh, that's something that everybody is looking forward to. So please come out and subscribe to the Gridiron Expert on YouTube. Okay, and Zach, Razorback Zach. I am Razorback Zach. Uh, <laughs> for Inside the Hogpen, Inside the Hogpen's live Facebook feed, uh, Wednesday is at 6 p.m. We also have one, the SEC Uncensored show, that's at 7 p.m. on Thursdays, um, and that's both of their own Facebook. So, um, real quick though, before we go, can I can yeah go do right I have ahead. enough time? So I, I, I've I said at the beginning of the show a little bit of a backstory. A few months ago, little Hayden, who uh, is the a family relative of one of the guys that I work with, uh, he got progressively sick. They didn't know what was going on. Uh, he got diagnosed last Monday with acute lymphoblastic. I'm going to try to make sure I say this right. Lymphoblastic leukemia type B. Uh, he had some sort of uh, procedure done on Wednesday. Everything went well. Um, they are back in northwest Arkansas now. They have a GoFundMe page. Um, he is a huge Star Wars fan. I mean, this dude is all boy. This four-and-a-half-year-old is all boy. And, and name of his GoFundMe page? Um, the Facebook page is Hayden's Jedi Master Training. And I'll have a link to his GoFundMe page. It's, probably, it's named the exact same thing. Um, so if you guys would like to donate, it's on Inside the Hogpens Facebook page as well as my personal one. So uh, okay. we would appreciate it. All right. Well, we didn't get a chance to talk about NASCAR. <laughs> That's a sport, too. Hey, I want to disagree we like, with we, that. They're making a disagree with that. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> hey, WWE Raw is coming back to North Little Rock. Yes, there sir. You go. 
All right, guys. Uh, it's been a wonderful afternoon. Uh, this is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick. Um, have a great rest of the week, and uh, be careful out there. It's dangerous. Good night. Go Hogs. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.